Somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world. The world of darkness. Nobody expected it. Nobody believed it. And nothing could stop it. There are no experts. You probably know as much about possession as most priests. Look, your daughter doesn't say she's a demon. She says she's the devil himself. I'm telling you that that thing upstairs isn't my daughter. Now, I want you to tell me that you know for a fact that there's nothing wrong with my daughter except in her mind. You tell me you know for a fact that an exorcism wouldn't do any good. You tell me that! The one hope, the only hope, the exorcist. minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 11 and this is the month of October and the year of our Lord 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970. The talker of this, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, an excursion into amusements and comedic stylings. It's 503-733-2970. If you'd like to join us today, 503-733-2970. 70, 503-733-2970. You want to uh, join us with your comments, questions, clarifications, conventions, ruminations, ponderings, musings, limericks, haiku, recipes, whatever it is you might have. It's 503-733-2970. 503 uh, Richie Bristol, creepy as ever, standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane. If you're really lucky, he'll just unbidden, unasked, share with you any number of details about his sexual experiences last night slash this morning. So look forward to that. It's 503-733-2970. Coming up later on today, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will join us. Lisa Desjardins, she is from... Where is she? Where is she today? Is it Tara Hout? Hot? Tara Houta? I don't know how to say that. How do you say this? Sarah, you went to you went to, you went to school. I went to the school. You got your learning. I don't know how do you spell it. T E R R A. That's Tara. H A U T E. Tara Hout. Is that Tara Hout? Indiana. Yes. I've seen it before. I mean, that's why I don't care about they it. They always obviously. have job openings there. I remember that way back. <laughs> really? Was that a, was that like a, an R&R judge in Colorado in that place? <laughs> always had job openings. Seeking morning show with spunk and ambition. Uh huh. All right. Are you ready to do whatever needs to be done in this top 75 powerhouse? That's fantastic. All right. That's where the blind box... Is, is there another microphone up somewhere? It sounds like I'm kind of hollow. No, it's just us. You know the mic sounds kind of weird, too. No, it's because it's Tim's mic is extra hot. That's why. It's because you're picking up my voice on Tim's mic as well. 
I want to drop Tim just a little bit there. Definitely Tim. I'm just too hot. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's true, though. It's I think true. That, no, I mean, who can, who can disagree? I think they cranked up Tim's uh, processing over there, so whenever yeah. I get off my mic ever so slightly, I think it picks me up over there as well. That's pretty amazing. Tim is too hot and I'm too loud. In any event, whenever you would answer a blind box ad in R&R, though, you would always hope that it was going to, like, uh, you know, that it was going to the Chicago or Los Angeles. It never was. It was always going to Terre Haute, Indiana, or whatever the hell the city is called. All right. Well, in any event. Uh, they would also do this. Here's the other thing that I was saying, R&R. By the way, kids, R&R used to be a uh, used to be an important magazine in the broadcast industry. You used to be able to get jobs in R&R. But you can still get a job. They have one once a year. In there, yeah. All right. On a related note, you used to be able to get jobs in radio. So, anyway, uh, but you there were these ads called blind box ads, and a blind box ad in the back of R&R. I'm sure they have these in other industries too, but a blind box ad was an ad where, where they you didn't know where it was. And that, by the way, is indicative of how pathetic and desperate we all are in the world of radio. I don't even know where the job is, but I want it. Please hire me. Didn't you know somebody who answered their own blind box ad? Yes, I did. And that sounds like one of those radio stories that doesn't really happen, but it did, in fact, happen. Well, let me get back to that in a second. Um, Tell it again. I'm going to write down his name here so I don't forget the story, but I'm not going to say his name Change on the his air. name. All right, there you go. Um, the blind box ads were these ads in the back of R&R magazine, and it would just say... Like, top 50 sports talker looking for afternoon producer with fire and grit or something. It would just be a bunch of crap that didn't mean anything. And you would just get your tapes and your resumes and your whatever, and you'd stick it into an envelope, and you would send off all your information to this, this radio station that, you know, you didn't know where they were, you didn't know who they were, you didn't know anything about them. And the deal is a blind box ad was because they didn't want to advertise the fact that they were about to fire somebody. Because you were always applying for a job that was currently filled by somebody else, and that guy didn't know he was about to get broomed out. And so they would put these ads up where they didn't clarify where they were, they didn't give with a call letter. You didn't even know. Sometimes they would say, like, West Coast or Tri-State area, but you never knew what the station was or really even what the city was because they didn't want to alert the guy who was about to be fired that he was, in fact, about to be fired. Anyway, there you go. That's, uh... Today's outdated radio term is blind box ad. All right, I'll tell the story here in just a second. Um, what the hell was I talking about? Oh, anyway, so Lisa's going to be in Terra Haute. Haute? I said Terra Haute. Oh, whatever. She's going to be somewhere in Indiana, which makes it kind of irrelevant anyway. But uh, we'll talk to her about that because, uh, well, because, I, first of all, I guess Obama's got that big ad coming up, that big infomercial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But ABC's apparently not going to uh, not going to air it. I think CBS is. I think NBC is. I don't know about any of the cable networks, but uh, I guess ABC told him to get bent. Uh, what else? Uh, Cena Radio Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum will join us today. We'll also talk to Cena Radio Correspondent James Roop in Los Angeles, uh, who is among many people who believe this election is going to be a lot closer than the polls have it right now. Although, Jesus, I saw some estimate this morning, some electoral count estimate. Because I've been saying for a while that I think Obama's going to win real big in the Electoral College, but the popular vote is going to be very, maybe not razor thin, but I think it's going to be, I think the popular vote's going to be a lot closer than the electoral vote. Some sort of estimate this morning, it was just insane. They had Obama at like 350 electoral votes. Yes. <laughs> People want socialism. They do, Tim. Just Man, that's just running up the score is what that is. That's like you always hear about some poor schmuck high school team where they lose like 175 to 2. So McCain is that schmuck high school team, by the way, unless something really turns around. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, today's top five. So I had two top fives that I've merged into one. There's been a confluence. Uh, so this morning I was trying to put together top five cheesiest rock songs from a horror film. 
And these couldn't be just songs that appeared in a horror film. These had to be songs that made their debut in a horror flick. So it was in the top five rock songs that came to us via a horror film that were kind of cheesy. And I couldn't really come up with five. I could only come up with three. And then I was trying to do top five best non-corny songs that came to us from a horror film. And I couldn't really, I could only come up with three there. So I actually merged them together into one big list. Uh, so we'll do that later on. Top, it's just going to be top five rock songs from a horror film, both cheesy and non. Uh, we got that today. Mr. Skin will join us today. And by the way, uh, very, uh, very frequently in matters of boobs and boobology, Really, it's guys who make observations to us about things, but this one's caught by a woman. We get a woman named Julie who listens to us. Uh, she sent me this email this morning, and she gets extra points, by the way, for having the word wingnut in her email address. So Julie emailed about Scarlett Johansson, and I'd forgotten about this. Julie said, it, you know, it is serendipity. It is, um, what's another word like that? It is kismet that we're having Mr. Skin on today. Julie says, hey... Didn't I hear that Scarlett Johansson said she'd pose nude if Obama got elected? I remember this was talked about a while back. I do remember something about that. Where Scarlett Johansson said that if Obama was elected, she'd, uh, you know, she'd, she'd uh, pose nude and show everything. So I'm going to mention that to Mr. Skin today. He's undoubtedly aware of this, but, you know, I like to do my part. And by the way, just for the record, and I think I speak for all men and not a few women here, Scarlett Johansson and all female celebrities... It doesn't count as nudity if I can't see anything. So don't go put yourself on the cover of Vanity Fair where you're not wearing any pants or whatever, but you're all wrapped in, like, gauze with your arms in front of yourself. That's not nudity. Quit, quit being a sissy. We all, we're all grown-ups. We know what nudity means. So not that. don't pull any punches. Let's see. What else? Uh, we'll do another exit poll today. Uh, i got to vote at some point. What's today? Wednesday? Tuesday? Tuesday. We Crap, have I haven't voted either. Do you have your ballot with you? No, no, it's, at, it's on my kitchen counter. Well, maybe you can just Xerox mine. <laughs> Is there a guy named Tim Ryan? Oh, it's Tom Ryan. For a minute, I thought that there was Timmy Ryan running for the nonpartisan state judiciary. <laughs> he would absolutely have my vote. Oh, by the way, you go to rickemerson.com today. Uh, rickemerson.com, two things. You go down to uh, yesterday's blog entry, you can see a lot of the political sound bites. Uh, that you can use for a remix. We're already getting some submissions for that. Um, but you can see uh, a guy named Rob who, in fact, voted for me for sheriff. So thanks so much. He scanned his ballot and sent it to me. Thank you so much. I'm voting for Mohammed, uh, but Rob voted for me. So he wrote in Rick Emerson for sheriff. And by the way, he's not the only guy to do that. I got some other email this morning. Some guy voted for each of us for something. Yay. I think he voted for you for... Uh, State senator, some crap. Good, Tim. I'd like to be a state senator. And I think I, he voted for me for president. And I think Sarah was he voted for you for like a treasurer or something. Anyway, so thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, let's see what else is coming up today. So we'll do the exit poll. Snuff watch coming. A double snuff watch, I think. Yes. Double snuff watch coming up today. And uh, that's it. a whole bunch of other stuff. Mr. Skin for MrSkin.com. Don't forget, you can be sending your submissions to the AM970 audio blog. Uh, anytime, day or night, 24 hours a day, you go to audio blog, just like it sounds, audioblog.am. You can submit your uh, your comedy, your musings, your rantings, your you know, the original music, uh, movie reviews, whatever you want to do. You submit that at audioblog.am, and then your genius will be shared with listeners across the whole world via the live streams. So I keep meaning to play some of those on the air so you can kind of get a feel for what we're doing. But those are coming in from around the uh, around the planet. So go to audioblog.am and share your uh, your thoughts with the other Rick Emerson faithful. And therefore, uh, this is all true. Uh, Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification on this Tuesday. All you people riding bikes, they forgot to tell you that the Hawthorne Bridge is closed today for repairs. 
A robber is hurt in southeast after being dragged by his getaway car. Drivers are caught in a race on I-205 at 1 in the morning going 116 miles an hour. The person whose dog attacked and killed another dog aboard TriMet is only banned from riding for 30 days. Why is there this echo in my head? That's what I'm saying. I hear it, too. You guys are both pretty There's a weird hollowness in your voice today. Not your voice, but in the microphone. I know. Let me turn off. Let's all turn off our mics for a second and let Tim uh, speak. Hello. I feel all alone. (laughs) Should I continue these headlines? The uh, person whose dog attacked and killed another dog on the TriMet has only been banned for running for 30 days and not punished at all. Now, are you hearing the echo now? No, I hear a slight hum. So it is. It's Tim's mic and my mic are mm-hmm. both a little too. They're a little too hot. One of our. Uh, I think both are. Is that way, when there's more than one mic open, we're getting. You know what I mean? In other words, my yeah. voice is echoing in his mic, and his yeah. voice is actually echoing in my mic. And I don't really know. It kind of has that mid-sixties reverb. Can you do this? Can you angle that mic direct, more directly towards you for now? There you go. Toward that, me? No, no, no. That way, back, back the other way a little bit. No, no, no. Other way. This way. No, 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 this no, no, way. no, no. Now this more. Way. No. This way. No. How many different ways are there? No, 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 like the one this. way you didn't go. Like that. Nah, there you go. <laughs> like that. Let's try that for now. Okay. All right, there we go. A series of ads promoting uh, video games in the nation's capital showing a Bondo Capitol building and trembling Washington Monument are not amusing many. An unruly Texas raccoon is tased. The White House tells banks, we gave you all this money, start lending it out. Stop hoarding. And now GM and Chrysler are asking the government for a $10 billion bailout to help them merge. Well, if they're merging, what do they need a loan for? I have no Isn't idea. Isn't the object of the merging for them to continue to be in business? Seriously. And put away six months of savings next time. Mm-hmm. Sons of bitches. Attention, ladies. A new study confirms women wearing red drives men wild. Excellent. All right. Uh, let's see. And, uh, all right. Hey, before we do anything else, hold on a second. Let me just... Let's just check on something here as we're beginning today's program. Hello, Rick Emerson Show. Dave Zinn, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing? You know, would you like to apologize for being a little snappish to me in the hallway this morning? I would, actually. I've right. been meaning to talk to you about that. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, what I'm... was the snappishness about? You were right there. Snappy. You were standing right next to it, Tim. That wasn't snapping. No, Tim. No, this is... So I so I was in my office this morning, and I was I was running kind of late because I had to get some other stuff done. So I was trying to get my show prep done. And usually, you know, I have a... Uh, it's sad what passes for perks in the radio street. I have a door. Uh, and so I had the door shut because I was prepping for the show. And, Tim, you had come upstairs to do something or other. And here's the thing, Tim. You never come upstairs. You don't ever come upstairs if you don't have to. I came upstairs to laminate. Okay, so Tim came upstairs to laminate. So I heard Dave, Zinn, and Tim. Who was helping me laminate. In the hallway right outside my office. And so I figured they needed something. So I, you know, and, you know, sometimes the door's shut. You don't want to knock or you, you whatever. So I came and I opened the door and I said... Did somebody need me for something? And Tim said, no. And I said, well, all right then. And then Dave just goes, look at the ego on this guy. And just walks away. <laughs> well, it was, a, it was pretty great. It was a discussion of lamination. Yes. Uh, and what's your yeah, it didn't involve any peasants. I'm sorry. That's okay. Hey, is, right. uh, can you pass me to Bridget? Is she at her desk, you know? I would love to, sir. Uh, and I apologize for uh, commenting on the size of your ego. That's okay. Say three Hail Marys, please. Okay. All right. I felt funky there for just one moment. Now it's gone. Hello, this is Bridget. Hi, Bridget. It's Rick. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Rick? I'm okay, except <laughs> that I got like a thousand emails telling me the stream is down. Yeah. What's we're that about? We're experiencing some, com- some, some website issues. Is that what we're calling those now? 
website issues? Yeah. Now, the irony, of course, is that... It, wait, is the website itself down or is it just the stream? It's all down. Oh, that's great. So we don't oh, even no. actually have any way to inform people of that. No. That's wonderful. It's not my fault, though. Well, no, no, no. Let's be very clear about this. I know it's not your <laughs> fault. Nothing, and I mean that sincerely. It is never your fault. Uh, it is, in fact... Wait, some... I'm getting the website. Well, see, that's the thing. Well, let me check. Cause you I, are? Maybe I'm, I'm not. getting it, too. Hey, I got it, too, by the way. The website is good. I got the website right really? here. Coming up right here. And I don't think that's just because we're inside the building. Yeah, the website's fine. I, I cleared out my cache. It's coming up just fine. Oh, yeah, I'm even trying to load the stream, too. Right. I'm sorry. Well, that's okay. Maybe I'll put... Should I put something on my personal blog about, like, hey, we know the stream is down. We're working on it. If you'd like. All right. Well, I just don't want the people to be cross. I <laughs> I know. Right. I, 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 I apologize. Would you like to hear a sample email about the stream being down? <laughs> Is it from me? Subject subject line, arg, and then the body of the email, gah, signed John. Sorry, John. John can't hear you, baby. John, there's, no, there's no John. John is beyond your help. Uh, all right. Well, okay. Uh, I know. I suck. Do we have any... So uh, I guess it'll just reappear when it reappears? Yeah, I will um, definitely let you know as soon all as right. I get it fixed. All right. Thank you, Bridget. Sorry. All right. There you go. Don't be cross at Bridget. It's not her fault. She's doing the She's best she can. She's so sad. Well, because none of that stuff is handled here. There's a third-party company that we... That apparently are worth every dollar. Uh, remember how our site went down Friday as well? Last Friday, the whole website down? Same company. That's money well spent is what that is, CBS. Well done. So, uh, anyway, the stream will be- you can get back up at some point. Sorry about that. Hello, Sarah Dillon. How are you? Hello. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fantastic. How was your evening? Good. I did a whole lot of nothing, and it was spectacular. Was it everything you dreamed it would be? It was everything I dreamed of and more, yeah. Because I just I, I jammed a weekend full of so much goodness that I just really needed a day to kind of decompress. So I did that yesterday, and I watched um, some terrible, wonderful TV. Watched a little Gossip Girl. Hung out at my apartment. It was pretty cool. Should I now step back three paces while you and Tim talk about Gossip Girl? It was the most ridiculous episode it ever. It really was. <laughs> Go ahead. We're just dancing around our underwear. There's nothing going on here. He's trying to take advantage of you. I don't know what's going on. It's so great. Just say those three little words. Just those three words, Blair. And then, so like, this girl Blair on it really wants to get laid, but the guy that can only, the only guy that knows how to do her right is this guy Chuck. You just sounded a lot like Tim, <laughs> Timmy Ryan just there, just by the way. Um, it's this guy Chuck, but he won't, he won't sleep with her until she tells him that she loves him. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's the most ridiculous. What kind of man is amazing. Chuck? Chuck, Chuck isn't much of a man. Seriously. Tim and I were discussing this. He has, like, several wardrobe changes, like, per scene. And he speaks like this all the time. Oh, I, I see. He is, uh, a lot. Is Chuck perhaps leading a secret double life? Yes, and I, but I did like the introduction of that dreamy art boy with the glasses. I think I, that's first, it. I thought that was, like, Johnny Depp. Yeah, it looked like Johnny mm-hmm. Depp. It really did. He was. But I knew that Johnny man. Depp wouldn't be on Gossip Girl. He's too busy making pirate movies. Seriously. All right. So yeah, that's all. I mean, what can, you, what can you say about Gossip Girl? It's amazing. If right. you watch it, you know how amazing it is. If you don't, this won't make any you know, sense. My wife it, especially it. since it's like for 15-year-olds. It is. Yeah, Lara watches all of that crap, so I don't have to. She watches Gossip Girl. She watches The Hills. She watches uh, Project Runway. Which isn't crap in the same sense, but I mean, she watches that. Uh, she watches uh, Oprah. She watches all those things and then passes along stuff to me if she feels like it's pertinent enough. So that way I can avoid it. Uh, let me hold it down for the uh, uh, for the Y chromosome side of things here, though, and say tonight, uh, the shield rolls on towards its conclusion. So tonight, and then there's four more episodes only. So tonight, I think, is the first of the final five shield episodes ever. And i got to tell you, if tonight is anything like the, the, the last week's episode, I went back and I watched The Shield, which is the first time I've done that this season. This season, Shield, it's like I've been watching it on Tuesday, and then I sort of, you know, delete it. 
I actually went back and I watched last week's episode of The Shield again because it was so unbelievably gripping and stressful. And uh, so I'm looking forward. That's tonight, 10 o'clock. Uh, let's see. Don't forget one random on-air caller today will win a copy of the Incredible Hulk DVD featuring an all-star cast, including Academy Award nominees Ed Norton and Tim Roth, as well as Liv Tyler and Academy Award winner William Hurt, filled with unstoppable action, spectacular visual effects, and nonstop thrills. Uh, that is uh, today. Uh, one random honor caller winning a copy of the Hulk on DVD, as well as we started the show with The Exorcist, as well as a pair of tickets to see The Exorcist in theaters, uh, all part of Horror Fest Mondays at the Broadway Regal Cinema, 1000 Southwest Broadway, Portland, Oregon. So one random on-air caller today wins a copy of The Incredible Hulk on DVD and a pair of tickets to see The Exorcist at the Broadway Regal Cinemas. All right. Uh, and Tim, one final thing, and then we'll get some calls here. If you're on hold, hang tight. We'll get those in a second. Then we'll break. Tim said the funniest thing as we were beginning the program today. Tim said, are we doing something for the new James Bond, or was that a dream? So No, Tim, it was not a dream. But is that the sort of thing you're likely to dream? Yes. Like when you're in slumber late at night, you dream about James Bond premieres? Well, okay. Don't you have like weird radio dreams where you think we might have talked about something on the show, or I suppose might be doing something? I guess I guess I, guess I could see that. Uh, we will, in fact, be doing the Portland premiere of Quantum of Solace, Ooh. the latest James Bond film, which is getting really, really good advanced reviews. By the way, it's apparently who, fantastic. Who plays Quantum and who plays Solace? Well, it's it's what's his name? Daniel Craig, right? He's the guy. He's the new Bond. And then I don't know. Like, Here's and I gotta confess, I'm sort of a casual James Bond fan. I'm not like a lot of guys who are just fanatics about it. But he's getting exceptional reviews, and I guess he uses a new gun this time out, which is he doesn't use the Walther PPK. Apparently he has a brand new gun, which is a pretty big development in the Bond world. Uh, so I can say this. No details yet, but I can say, first of all, yes, AM970 is going to be doing the Portland premiere of Quantum of Solace, the new James Bond film, on Thursday, November 13th. Also, we will be giving away uh, passes to that premiere, and we will be giving away one pair of uh, passes to a lucky listener and their cohort who will actually come into sort of a red carpet thing with us and will actually sit with us at the premiere. So that's coming up uh, probably after, probably next week we'll talk about how to do that. So there you go. So no, Tim, it wasn't a dream. All right. And, uh, okay. Uh, I, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Yes, I just called in to put a little correction for you. The town's name is pronounced Terra Hope. Tara Haute. Yes, as like, in haute couture or haute cuisine. It yes, I'm sure that Indiana is filled with haute couture. Yeah, I'm sure, but it means high. So <laughs> Tara, high Tara, so I mean, maybe, I don't know, they got a lot of mountains or something. I don't know. All right, haute, like H-O-T-E, haute. H-A-U-T-E, haute. All right, great. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. All right, there you go. Flat, boring, bland, and vanilla. I love that somebody used the word couture on the show. In conjunction with Indiana. All I ever hear, here's the only thing I ever, uh, here's the only thing I know about Indiana. One is that I think one day, well, there's two things. One, that one day at a time was set there with Bonnie Franklin and Mackenzie Phillips. Uh, and two, no, I think maybe it's just one, no, two, the Jacksons are from there. The Jacksons are from Gary, Indiana, which is apparently an awful place. So that's it. That's the extent of my uh, Indiana knowledge. Let's see what else. Oh, I'll tell this blind box story. And then, uh, and then we'll take a break. For, before we do that, also, I want to make this observation. I apologize in advance for this being sort of a what is the deal with airline food kind of a thing. But have you noticed the, the, the compulsion that people have to mention when you've gotten a haircut? Which is just sort of strange to me. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, usually they don't just go to the bottom of the page and go, Hey, I like your haircut. I think that that style really frames your face well. They don't say that. They always feel the need to clarify that you got a haircut when clearly they know that you did. You know what I mean? So somebody will cook, because I just got my haircut the other day. 
And I got like three people in a row in the hallway going, hey, did you get a haircut? Uh, yes, you know I got a haircut. That's why you're bringing it up. You're mentioning it because you are aware that I got my hair shortened. If you if it makes you feel any better, I didn't notice. Really? Well, see, mm-hmm. there you go. See, I was always told that a good haircut was the kind you, did, you couldn't tell. That was what somebody told me. A good haircut was the kind that wasn't noticed really by people. Yeah. And the success with your hair shows that it doesn't show when you get a haircut anymore. The fact that you have more hair than you used to. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. There you go, Tim. It's because of my lush bounty of follicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so somebody came, hey, did you get a haircut? And I said, yes. And they go, looks good. And then they walked away. And it's just the most useless conversation. Well, they were just trying to give you a compliment. Really? Do you think? Absolutely. I don't see. I wonder if it's a, see, I think with women, it's a compliment. Like if you say, hey, like Lisa Wood, change your hair. And I said, hey, your hair's different. I like it. I think with women, it's a compliment. I think when people, like especially if it's a guy saying it to another guy, I think that's just a filler. That's a placeholder that's conversation. What it is. All of us are just kind of flubbing our way through life. Like it's just like something to say. I don't mean and see. I don't mean to sound like like a yeah. jerk or ungrateful about it. I think if a woman talks to a guy, well, first of all, if you compliment a woman or ask her about her hair, that's a compliment. If a woman compliments a guy in a haircut, that's a compliment. I think most of the time, though, if a guy mentions a haircut to another guy, that's not a compliment. It's because you're sharing an elevator ride and it, it and you've already talked about the weather. You know what I mean? You've already talked about. So, uh, that game last night, Phillies, huh? Yeah. Think they're going to go all the way? Yeah. Boy, some parking out back, huh? Boy. A lot of cars. That is my floor. Okay, I'm off. Thanks. You've already said all of that crap, and you've already done that thing of passing each other in the hallway and doing that tight smile where you arch your eyebrows at each other, so then, then it's the haircut. That's the next well, thing I guess I can kind of see that. Like, if a woman comes up to you and says, like, oh, is that a new shade of lipstick or something? It's like, is that a compliment? Yeah. Why are you bringing this up see to that me? You, then you worry about it. Um, uh, all right, we'll take a break. On the other side, I'll tell the blind box story. Then we'll talk to uh, Lisa Desjardins, Steve Kastenbaum, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth, and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. <laughs> the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. All right, so I realize I'm speaking to the people who can't hear me. Yeah, we know the live stream is down. I'm, uh... And, of course, now my, uh, my, way, my weblog interface isn't working either, so I can't actually notify anybody about that. Anywho, it's 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, senior radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, James Roop. Uh, we'll do the top five... I've merged the two lists, top five best and top five cheesiest uh, rock songs from a horror film. That's coming up later on as well, and uh, so forth. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, from the hill, CNN radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? What's going on? Uh, oh my. Am I interrupting you while you're ordering lunch? No. <laughs> um, actually, we're just finishing lunch. Uh, here at the Hen House on the uh, Missouri-Illinois border. The Hen House? Yeah, that's the name of, of the diner that we're in. It's called the Hen House. That is, uh, that, is part of the, uh, that is part of the great cultural tapestry of this country. Is it? Isn't it? Like... I, yeah, I would have thought this was something else, but it's a nice, it's a fine diner. Um, uh, okay. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 was just getting, I was just getting a flashing alert on my screen just now about our live stream, so I'm uh, doing the oh. multitasking here. In any event, um, so, okay, you're on the, the CNN Election Express in Terre Haute, Indiana. Haute? I, we were in Terre Haute this morning, but now we're on the road, and we are on our way to Kansas City. So about a six-hour drive. We're maybe halfway through it. Now what we're is... now getting the list of highs. Yeah, that's the, that's the full update. Now, what is the Election Express? Is that like a bus or something, or is that just a figurative name given to you and a bunch of people in a station wagon? 
No, no, it is a, a huge bus, uh, tricked out, uh, fully painted. I'm sitting right next to the driver of the Election Express right now. It, it actually has a satellite dish on top. It, it's a mobile television studio, essentially, and they can uh, – they actually have been broadcasting most of the debates out of the Election Express. Well, all right, then. Um, yeah, so there you go. Yeah. So I don't even know where to begin here. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. Going on? I don't, yeah. What what is the what is the general read on? Well, first of all, when they say the youth vote, somebody told me that was eighteen yeah. to twenty five. But what does the youth vote actually mean? What is that you, demographically? You're, you're asking the exact right question because you have to look at each study or each sort of exit polling to see how they define it. Some people say eighteen to twenty five. Some even say eighteen to twenty nine. Which oh, I'm all for that. Uh, you know, but it, it depends on where you look. The broadest definition is 18 to 29. But, but I think when talking about Barack Obama, that 18 to 29 still holds up. That that group of voters still swings heavily his direction. So somebody told me, and I, I forget exactly, it was somebody on CNN, actually. It was a Paul Begala type who was saying that, that actually in the youth vote demographic, the biggest turnout they've ever had is 17%. Uh, they've never had more than a 17% uh, turnout in that demographic. I don't know if that's true or not, but it seems like you know, the sort that, of thing that, that might was be likely true. A, that was like the college student demographic, right? That's the smaller, maybe the 18 to 22. Right. When you when you blow it out to 18 to 29, you get higher higher rates, more in the 30s or 40s, but still well below average of the American voter. So what is the general what is the general tone and tenor in the Obama campaign right now in terms of the youth vote? Is there any sort of fear that they're just not going to materialize at the polls on the fourth? You know, you don't hear that from the national campaign advisors, but when you go to these small towns, uh, you know, that, that we've been going to, um, you do hear that from the campaign staff. And Terre Haute was the perfect example. Indiana State is right there. Um, it's in the middle of a, a swing county in a potentially swing state. Uh, Indiana's a red state, but Barack Obama uh, is behind by four points. So they're in striking distance. They need college towns like Terre Haute and Indiana State. Uh, to bring in the student vote if, if he's going to win there. And they were furiously working the phones last night. Um, four, four students were in there about 9 p.m. last night trying to get students to early vote. And they say that they managed to get uh, a special early voting location this year on campus so that the students would vote. But, you know, if you go, I went down the street uh, to, you know, the coffee house, talked to the students there and said, hey, are you guys really going to vote? And, you know, everyone I talked to said, they would, but they weren't sure that their friends would. Right. There definitely is apathy on some college campuses. You know, UC Berkeley is just one university, but when you go to an Indiana State, it's not clear that these students are going to show up. But at the Obama headquarters nearby, they need them to, and they were frantically working to get them out. So here's a question. Uh, to, uh, to whatever extent we can even know these things, because the polls often don't even agree with each other, is right. in any way, I'm trying to look at this from the, the McCain campaign's point of view, in any way can you say, well, look, uh, the Obama campaign has all of this support with the youth vote who may or may not turn out. On the other hand, the McCain campaign has a lot of support from Older demographics, there maybe there aren't as many of them, but we know that older people, the older you get, the more likely you are to vote. Is there any way that the McCain campaign can really objectively look at that and say that it's any kind of a wash or a toss-up? You know, some people, this is what the Obama campaign hopes, actually, is that the older voters, which do trend toward McCain in general, um, and but which absolutely show up at the poll in much greater numbers, uh, they, the Obama campaign hopes to neutralize that completely with 
the same kind of turnout among the young voters. Uh, but, I mean, that is that is going to be a real uh, kind of a historic uh, trend if that happens. It, it, it's not something we've ever seen before, but that's exactly what the Obama camp hopes to do. Now, of course, meanwhile, other factions of the Obama camp are trying to kind of scratch away that, uh, you know, senior advantage that McCain has as well. But you're right. That's, that's exactly how a lot of strategists look at that race. By the way, I will tell you this right now. If, if, uh, if it does come November 4th and then 5th, if it turns out that older voters – do put McCain in the White House. I'm calling dibs right now on the uh, on the headline. November 4th was McCain's senior moment. Oh. His senior moment. Well, never mind. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to, to, I know you're, you're probably very busy what, with the pie house. With the or pie, whatever the hell. yes. There uh, is pecan so, pie around the yard. Really? Pecan pie? It's very stressful. Wait, hold on. Pecan is, it, is, is the correct yeah. is, is pecan from, is it from scratch or is it from, from a store? What do you guys think? Is this from scratch or from a store? You can tell because if it's They're from the store. They're not sure. Uh, here's, yeah. how, here's how you can tell. If a pecan pie is from the store, it has a sort of gelatin or aspic filling. If it is oh. homemade, if it is homemade, there is a caro, uh, caro syrup or sorghum filling. It looks more homemade then by that description that Fantastic. you just gave me. But, but I think, I think um, you know, our crew here, uh, one of CNN's best engineers, in fact, uh, and who would know better, uh, about pecan pie is looking carefully, and he thinks a small bakery. I All think right. that's a good call. I'm very, I'm very particular about my pecan pie. Uh, two things. <laughs> so, uh, real quickly, what is it? So, uh, is Obama's infomercial tonight? Is that tonight that it airs? Oh, uh, you know what? I this was probably. I honestly, this is what happens when you get on the road. I went to bed last night thinking that yesterday was Tuesday and uh -huh. today was Wednesday. And uh, I'm embarrassed to say that I, I woke up thinking that the infomercial was tonight, but it's not. It's, today is Tuesday. I'm happy to tell all of your listeners. Um, and actually, Obama will hit primetime tomorrow night. Tomorrow. Which, of course, I know you, as not as a sports person, really don't care. But if the Phillies um, game tonight, does it, the World Series doesn't happen, and it may not because of a rainout, uh, then the Obama commercial tomorrow night could postpone uh, the what would be the end of Game Five of the World Series between the Rays and the Phillies? You know, so, I, uh, some some baseball fans might be mad. I got to tell you, almost everybody in this country cares more about politics as a sport than they do about baseball as a sport at this point. So that's just a fact. Uh, wow, that is quite, that is quite a statement. I I, I kind of hope you're right, and I love baseball, but I hope you're right. But I, I'm not sure that I don't know about that. I'm telling you this right now. You go out on the street, you canvass a hundred people. You say, look, what are you more interested in? The outcome of the election or the outcome of the World Series? Ninety percent of those people will say okay. uh, the election. Uh, I agree with you there, but that's because there's only two teams left in the you know in the World Series. Um, yeah. and and finally here. Um, I know that um, the, the McCain is really. I mean, you know, he's he's fighting hard for pencil. <laughs> was, that, was that a Sarah Palin? The Maverick. He is the Maverick. I'm sorry. The McCain. Did I say oh, the McCain? I was going to say the yeah, McCain campaign. Uh, oh, okay. I'm, that was my that was my Miss South Carolina moment with the Iraq. Um, <laughs> so the McCain campaign is really fighting hard in Pennsylvania, but it's it's. I mean, it's a little tricky, right? Because McCain yeah. uh, he's got to win like every. I mean, he can't lose mm -hmm. anything. He's got to keep every yeah. single plate spinning. Yeah, it, it is very. It, I mean, the polls just make it look incredibly tough in Pennsylvania, but he needs. He needs the number of votes that are, the electoral votes that Pennsylvania has, um, and apparently they must have had some polling internally, probably about five days ago, that made them think there was some opening in Pennsylvania. So far, we haven't seen it in our polls, but there's some reason that the McCain camp thinks they've got a real shot there, um, and and they are going for it full bore. Three events in Pennsylvania today for McCain and Palin, 
Uh, and, you know, we'll know maybe this weekend if it's having an effect. But, but so far we haven't seen enough changes in our polls. But they, they are going for broke in Pennsylvania. That's right. It's all very exciting. All right. Uh, so presumably we will speak with you tomorrow, which will be Wednesday. It will be Wednesday. Right. And if it's Wednesday, it's Kansas City. All right. So uh, enjoy your trip on the CNN the, the Election Express bus. And remember, when in doubt, just ask the kid from Rolling Stone to make you look cool. Oh, that's <laughs> done. All right. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks, guys. There you go. Lisa Fantastic. All right. It's 503-733-2970. I'm so jealous. I wish I was on the CNN bus. I know. It sounded like they were having a grand old time. You jerks. All right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. By the way, if you uh, anybody out there wants to read uh, an interesting political book uh, about the 1972 campaign, there's actually a book by a guy named Timothy Krauss called The Boys on the Bus, which is actually about traveling on the uh, the campaign, the, the press bus for the 72 uh, presidential campaign. So sort of a, it's an interesting counterpoint to Fear and Loathing 72, which is Hunter Thompson's book about that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, it's Diana from downtown. Hello. Hey, howdy. Hey, hey. No streaming. Yeah, I put a little thing on my blog about it just now. Um, we are working on it. Uh, that is, uh, if it makes you feel any better, which it probably doesn't, uh, that's <laughs> affecting, I think, CBS like everywhere. So that is actually not just us. It is, uh, it is CBS across the board. And we, it is not uh, the fault of anybody in this building. It is the fault of a company like many, many states away, but we're uh, we're going to administer beatings until it's fixed. Oh, excellent, excellent. So we are aware of the problem. We are endeavoring to fix it as we speak. You do need to know KUFO, though, can be heard on stream. Bastards. I oh. mean, good for them. All right, thank Sorry. you. Sorry. <laughs> All right, bye now. All right. Darn anyway. it, what's going on? It's sabotage, Rick. That's what I'm saying. Uh, well, we had, that's not what I'm saying, but we had this <laughs> problem last week uh, where the, 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 uh, the, the whatever, the, uh, the site was down, I guess, in front. Although, you know, uh, but again, I was able to get the site all day Friday, even when it was apparently down everywhere else. And now they're claiming that the AM970 site is down again today, and yet I'm able to get it. For what it's worth, I did get an email in my uh, like in my CBS mail. I got an email this morning from the company that does all of our web services saying, like, we know, and it was to everybody, like, in the whole country. So that we know that many, many of you are being affected by site and stream outages. We are working to fix this right now. I get did they the, give any excuse for why it's happening, or...? Excuses that they're just not very good at it. Um, yeah. That was that was me who said that. By the way, I'm not speaking uh, on behalf of anybody but myself. I'm certainly not speaking on behalf of Bridget, although I kind of am. But the people who run all of our, uh, how do I put it? The, the people not here, the people who host all of our uh, all of our uh, CBS stuff, they just don't really <laughs> know what they're doing. Uh, and I do get the feeling that the entire CBS, like all the streams for all the CBS stations, being run off one, uh, you know, like one 386 somewhere that's running a, like a, a pirated copy of Windows 3.1. That's just my general read on the situation. I can't say with any specificity that that's true. Uh, all right, it's 503-733-2970. I'll tell the blind box ad here in just a second. Uh, we've got Steve Kastenbaum coming up here in a moment. Don't forget uh, Mr. Skin coming up later on and so forth. We'll do some more of these calls. Steve Kastenbaum joins us here in a second, I think. What do you mean it's pu- What do you mean it's pumpkin pecan? She called back to clarify that it's pumpkin pecan. Pumpkin pecan? All right, that doesn't that doesn't sound good at all. First of all, that actually sounds quite disgusting. Yeah, and I got I know I'm in the minority on this, but I don't really care for pumpkin pie. I just I know and I know it makes me a bad American. Uh, it's not so much the flavor, like the pumpkin pie flavor I can get with. I don't really care. You know, the, the texture is a big thing with me. I can't really get with the texture of pecan pie. Uh, and for the same reason that I really enjoy cheesecake, it is all about the texture, and I prefer things to be a little dry or grainy or crunchy. 
And cheesecake has got that, uh, you know, it's got kind of a weird squashy consistency that I just, I can't get behind. Pumpkin pie has exactly the same consistency as cheesecake in most cases, and that's why I can't consume it. So, you know, my wife's a big fan of that. Me, not so much. That's why I'm all about the pecan. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, good morning. What do you got? Well, uh, the streaming video is a problem, and it sounds like uh, that's an issue. Is that kind of like the couch being removed from the coffee bar? Realize I don't know what you're talking about right now. Well, yesterday's show, something was said about the... Oh, yeah, couch. Tim was talking about his neighborhood coffee house well, taking out the couch. That's the bankruptcy. Yeah. I'm, okay, now I'm back to not understanding what we're talking about again. Well, the stream, streaming video doesn't work, hasn't been working lately. What streaming video are you referring to? Or your radio, whatever it's called. Okay. So you're talking about the live stream for the show. Let's all pause for a moment, and I'll give you a third chance to take a run at this sentence. What are you asking me? I wanted to listen to your show on my computer and could not. Ah, that is, in fact, audio. Video is, uh, what do you call it, pictures and such. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no, the CBS streaming appears to be down at the moment, but we are uh, administering um, savage beatings to those responsible, sir. All right. All right. right. Oh, gosh. It's going to be people over and over again. Richie, can you, uh, what's the word? Screen? Hey, can you not send more people over to let us know that the stream's not working? Just, and just, we love you. We really do love you, Richie, even if you horrified us this morning by discussing your sexual exploits of last night and this morning. I'm just, that's a, that's going to be a, a, a non-judicious use of everybody's time. So, uh, we're in that awkward period of time here where I'm waiting for Steve Casterman on the call. I don't really want to start anything else. Should we bring Richie in to talk about his sexual exploits? I suppose. I was so hoping you'd say anything but that. Let's welcome now <laughs> to the uh, Rick Emerson Show our intrepid PA, Richie Bristol. Yeah. All right. Oh, great. Now, Richie's not even here. And that's Steve calling. This is going swimming. For the love of God. All right, let's just do it. Well, later. that's okay. Why would Richie act? It's not like there are phone calls that need screening or anything. I'm sorry, did that sound cranky? Yeah, you don't sound cranky at all. Let's dial it back down. Just saying. You know, nothing wrong with doing your job correctly. That's the only thing. I'm just saying. You know, there is such a thing as a work ethic in this country. You shouldn't have let him have that Sarah Palin doll in his room then. That's just going to be gone every nine <laughs> minutes. All right. I'm just saying, you know, this is what happens when you let socialism take over your country, Sarah. Uh, hello, Steve Kastenbaum. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? I am fantastic. Um, all right. So, um, all right. I'm sorry. There's, uh, there's some technical issues on our uh, on our end today, but other than that, everything is sort of uh, everything is moving ahead swimmingly. Hey, so what is it? So I was just talking to Lisa about this. So what is it with the World Series? So is it, we are now what? We're four and four or something. What is it? Where are we at with the with the, the World okay. Series? Right? Nine and nine. We're tied at something. What a nightmare. The uh, Major League Baseball officials just announced uh, about an hour and a half ago that uh, Game 5 will not resume tonight because we still have inclement weather, as they like to say. A nice nor'easter still uh, hanging around the northeast here. So they're now going to resume Game 5 Wednesday night, weather permitting, uh, at 837. So they suspended the game last night because the weather was just horrible. The wind was gusting up to 55 miles per hour. We had a very icy rain falling. The temperature was down close to 40 degrees. I think they should have to play anyway. I mean, really, are you men or are you men? I well, mean, you know what I'm saying? Get out there. Play. That, that's the big question. You know, why'd they play in the first place when most of the weather forecasters in Philadelphia said this was coming? And Major League Baseball has a contract with the weather forecasting agency. Uh, but they said like an hour before game time, 
that the forecast still wasn't calling for such uh, an incredible amount of rain uh, as early as it came. And uh, there were puddles forming uh, all throughout the infield, and it was at that point that they said uh, in the middle of the sixth with the score tied 2-2 that it was time to suspend play and they'll resume it whenever weather conditions permitted doing so. I'm just saying, uh, Steve, this is my only answer. There used to be a country of men who would battle against uh, all forces, be they man-made or from nature, uh, to accomplish a goal. I and, I have to, and I'm not much of a sports fan, as you know, but growing up, and having, watching those endless NFL documentaries with my dad, where there was that guy, and I forget his name, but that guy's the famous NFL announcer that does all of those. Like, he would do the documentary right. about the Ice Bowl or something, or about, right. like, the Colts-Jets game, and he would say, The dawn broke clear and cold that September morning as a legendary team took the gridiron, or whatever. And then they would fast, you know, you skip ahead about three hours into the game or whatever, and then this guy is just playing in the middle of a blizzard. I'm saying if, the ba- <laughs> if baseball really wants to show that they're still the American sport, they should embrace the American ideal, they should get out there. And literally, unless players are being struck dead by lightning, they should have to continue the game. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of uh, questions being asked uh, last night and, and today about whether uh, baseball commissioner Bud Selig should have even let them play in the first place. you know. But it definitely was football weather, not baseball weather. There's all these questions about, you know, is this proof that the baseball season is too long or that they need to start it earlier? Uh, you know, uh, there are a lot of disappointed folks here in Philadelphia who say that they're just delaying the inevitable, uh, literally raining on their parade. So, so what is going to happen? So how does this then work with this big infomercial that Barack Obama is going to be run tomorrow? Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to actually uh, take a take a timeshare here in Philadelphia because I feel like I'm never getting out. But, uh, <laughs> you sound like Roop when he's in uh, when he's in Nevada, like when he was in he was in Vegas covering the OJ thing, and I would talk to him every day. How you doing, Roop? Oh, kill me, man! I'm never going to get out of here. I wish I was dead. <laughs> this is a living, breathing hell on earth. <laughs> I feel just like that. Hey, Philly's a great town, but you know, hey, I want to be in my home. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? All right. Well, I hope things shake out for you. Uh, you know, relatively soon, sir. Yeah, so it looks like uh, they they hope to resume this tomorrow night. It looks like, you know, right now the weather conditions will be a little bit more favorable tomorrow. All right. Well, uh, I hope things uh, work out relatively smoothly for you. So Thank you. All right, Steve. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. Take care. All right, there you go. Steve Kastenbaum. All right. Well, he hates his life. All right. Oh, I know. Well, should we try for Richie one more time? <sighs> so that way we get it out of the way. It's fine. Is this sort of like... In- like when you, your ten, dentist tells you you have a lot of work you need done, you just got it all done at once. Mm-hmm. Richie, can you come back into the studio, please? I you tried to blame the fact that he didn't come in on the delay, which doesn't affect him. Because in his doll, room, there, is, the doll. Oh, there no. is no delay in his room. All right. Hello, Richie Bristol. How are you today? Good. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to snap earlier. Um, so presuming that the live stream is sort of going to be messed up for the foreseeable future, can you just kind of... Not screen them out, but just let those folks know we're working on it. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. What? How? Why? Let's see your nipples again. Um, no, no. But you don't play with them in you public. Don't. What? Don't do that. We're not in public. Oh yeah, we are in the special room. It's true. Yeah, but still, we don't want to see that. Um, I. Uh, <laughs> I have to. Ask, I hate to ask this question. Your nipples just always erect. Is that the thing? Oh, I pierced this Could one. Remember? Could you not say the word erect? I'm just saying. Well, they're very. Uh, you know what I mean? They're uh, very. What would you call? Cold in Richie Land. What? <laughs> No. So I'm sorry. What? Uh, remember, I pierced this thing with no the needle and dental floss. No, yeah. no, I don't remember that. I told you, I I pierced my nipple. It was a bunch of guys with a needle and dental floss. Yeah, and then they tie your finger so it's stuck on your nipple. That's part Sarah, of it. Sarah, do you remember any discussion of this? It's nature? a long time ago. It was a year ago. 
Well, you've only been here for like a year and a week. <laughs> do you remember Richie piercing anything in his body with a needle and no, dental floss? No, but Tim? it sounds like something he'd do. Does the news department remember that? I don't believe so, but I'll check my files. Please do. <laughs> See if it's in the public file upstairs. <laughs> See if it's next to the political uh, the political ad uh, paperwork. All right, so did you pierce both of your... No, see, that one's bigger than this one. That one, why would it be bigger? Because it's pure, it was pierced. Why would that make it bigger? Because there's a hole in it, and then you put a uh, paper clip in it. You are all class. Let me understand this. You have to work the whole... paper clip hanging from your nipple? Yeah. Well, first you do a staple, and then you move up to a paper clip. Or else you can use, you know, body jewelry. No, that's not the way they did it. Who's they? Uh, this crew called the Youngsters out of Vegas. That I was, a crew? Yeah. On your birthday, you had to pierce your nipple with... A stapler? No, with a, a needle. And, and you put dental floss. floss. And you go all the way through your nipple, and then you pull it through, and then they tie a loop. With Do you have a cold? It, keeps sounds like, it sounds like you're saying dipple. Yeah. <laughs> I got... Are you sick? No, I just think it's the congestion of me... Coughing out lungs. Oh, that's right, because you quit smoking. Yeah. Are you still on the still off cigarettes? Yep. Good for you. Yep. Twenty five. Um, so what uh, and we're never even gonna get to the thing you came in here for. What, what crew pierced your nipple with dental <laughs> They're called the youngsters. But okay. But what kind of who crew are, are they? they? What a is dance it? crew, a gambling crew, a prostitute crew? Um uh, underage drinking crew? Because <laughs> we were only like 1920 and we'd get really drunk and do stupid things like pierce our nipples. Wait, but this uh... was last year. You're like 35. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. This was when I was in Vegas back in 1993 for three years. You said it was last year that they did it. No. I didn't say that. He just said it was a year I ago. Think you said I was right about it. No, I talked ago. about it a year ago. Wait, let me understand. So in 1993, an underage drinking crew that you were part of in Vegas pierced your nipple with dental floss. Yes. Then a paperclip. Yeah. Well, What's you... in it now? Then a staple, then a paperclip. Nothing, just big nipple. <laughs> oh, see, little nipple, big nipple. See it? Yeah, we, we see. Thanks. You can see that they're bigger. Okay, so... I regret um... this whole thing. <laughs> uh, we should continue the rest of this later. Okay. I... Isn't it lunchtime? Back after this with Tim Riley. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. This email says, by the way, Terre Haute is where my Columbia record in club... What is it? My Columbia record club tapes come from. That sentence just sounds tapes. like it's written incorrectly. Tara Hope tapes? is where my Columbia Record Club tapes. Re Record tapes. Club tapes sounds like that Lemonheads album, that car button cloth. <laughs> I think, well, you know what I'm talking about. The Columbia Record and Tape Club. I think he's saying that's where it originates. Hmm. Well, that was a long way to go for a stupid observation. No offense. Um, I was never in the Columbia Record and Tape Club. I was in the RCA Record and Tape Club because it was cheaper. But you never got any liner notes. You get the cassette, and then you take out, like, the little insert or whatever, and it was just, like, blank. It was, like, white on the other side. Nothing there. Uh, pumpkin pecan pie says this email is the best. That's not true. It's like pumpkin pie flavor mixed with pecan pie texture and taste. Oh, No. Like gelatinous pumpkin? No. Yeah, do no. Not, do not want. Bad. All right. It's 503-733-2970. This is Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, Izzy says it's not having financial problems. Izzy's, we told you, is closing down three restaurants. 
And those are in Wilsonville, Gresham, and the Commercial Street Southeast one in Salem. Izzy's owner and founder said the restaurants in Albany and Springfield have already undergone a rebranding. They're uh, putting in lock-up open flame grills just for the kids. As well as interior and exterior remodeling new signage and new additions. Doesn't a walk-up open flame grill seem like a story that we're going to have in about six yep, months? Sure that does. Is planting the seed of the mighty news mm-hmm. oak uh, mm-hmm. that we will have, I would imagine, just a just a few weeks from now. Grandma was having a wonderful time at her birthday party <laughs> until <laughs> this is going to be like a whole bus of the differently abled going out for lunch. Mm-hmm. Let's go over there where the pretty uh, the pretty flickery thing is. All right. So, uh, yeah, they're rebranding and they're opening up their open flame grills. Okay. A robbery involving two men in Southeast ended bizarrely when one of them was dragged by his getaway car. Somebody ran up to the prostitution beat car at 9.30 to report an armed robbery in a nearby business. Wait, let's back up for a second. Somebody ran up to what, huh? Somebody ran up to the prostitution beat car. The prostitution beat car? That's right. It's like when she doesn't pay up? No. That, it would sound like that, but it's, I mean, seriously, what is a, that about? It's a prostitution beat. It's like the naked, here in the naked city, Officer uh, O'Malley was on the prostitution beat. Ah, yeah. okay. Well, that, in that context is less sense. interesting. How would you even know what the prostitution the beat prostitution car is? prostitution beat car? Yes, yeah. it's, it's the one that's soundproof. Uh, how would you even know what the, the prostitution beat <laughs> How would you even know what the prostitution beat car is? Like, is there a sign on the side? It may be. I don't live in this neighborhood, so people know it. What neighborhood is this? Southeast. Is it 82nd? As though I didn't already know the answer. But the officers were called in to cover and approach a video poker lounge to find two men getting into a car near Southeast 84th. Close. So that's up two blocks, isn't it? Southeast 84th and Division. Are you familiar with that location? No, I was just actually Here, watching Sarah. I was I transfixed by the, the loudest keyboard I've ever heard in my life. This is different than the other one. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. I was just... Uh, no, it sounds like somebody eating chips. You're my mad typing skills. Oh, I find typing... I find the sounds of typing to be very soothing. Honestly, this ergonomic keyboard makes it so much easier. That's yeah. all. No, I just find the sounds of typing to be sort of relaxing. They, they hypnotize me a little bit. Um, all right. So on 84th, so there was an armed robbery... Some uh-huh. guy see, and how sad, by the way, for your neighborhood that you, not only is there a prostitution beat car, mm-hmm. but you know it by sight. Like you don't have to go looking for it. You're like, oh yeah, that's the car that's here for the whores. Mm-hmm. All right, so somebody goes up to the prostitution beat car and says, "What? There's a robbery in progress." So please go over to this uh, video poker lounge at Southeast 84th and Division, convert the two men at gunpoint, and order them out of the car. The driver complies, but the passenger moves into the driver's seat, places the car in gear, and tries to get away. Well, the pant leg or foot of the man who surrendered gets tangled up in the undercarriage of the car wah, wah. as the passenger tries to drive away, dragging his accomplice until officers <laughs> finally stop the car. That's fantastic. They say they saw this black Honda come out of the video poker store on the corner, and he ran over a person, basically. Said a person who was nearby. He didn't run him over, but he knocked him over. Oh, wait, hold on. So there was somebody, an innocent bystander who was yeah. hit by the car? Well, that Knocked sucks. him out of his shoes. Well, really? Yeah. That's unfortunate. Driver taken to OHSU with injuries that weren't considered life-threatening. Well, I was hoping it was just that the only people involved in the story were like the cops and then the, the, two, uh, the two suspects. Mm-hmm. It is unfortunate that somebody else had to intrude into this and be injured as a result of all the fun. So thank goodness with a prostitution beat. That's, that's what I'm saying. The prostitution beat is the hypno sound that has all the kids dancing, Tim. Okay. Police got two men racing their cars along I-205, driving 116 miles an hour at 1 o'clock in the morning. An officer uh, was working his radar south of the old rest area when he said he spotted two cars shortly after 1. 
The vehicles are racing side by side, with one of them, a black Honda Civic, traveling in the emergency lane shoulder. The other car, a Volkswagen Jetta, was in the fast lane. Well, yeah, how sad is your life when you're racing in a Volkswagen Jetta? I mean, a Volkswagen Jetta, <laughs> really, against a black Honda Civic. That's just stupid. Good God Almighty. You know that James... Two ladies' cars. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. each other at one of the morning. James Dean would never have done that. Natalie Wood would never be waving any sort of a scarf for a guy in a freaking Jetta. I mean, no offense. I'm sure it's a fine automobile that gets a decent gas mileage, but the man doesn't race in a Jetta. Dave is exactly right. That's a car for a lady. Uh-oh. Well, I think we we found why this happened. One of the girlfriends of one of those arrested was also in the car. Uh, driving the girlfriend's car to race. Mm-hmm. All right. And they pulled over right away and were very cooperative. Well, of course. What are they going to outrun in a Jetta? Sean Williams of Portland and Alexander Nelson in Milwaukee were arrested. Cited for reckless driving and reckless endangering. Well, maybe they maybe the next race can be between like a, a rabbit and a lacar. That'd be great. Uh, or a Yugo. Whatever happened to the Yugo? Remember the Yugo? Yeah. That's one of those, uh, that's a thing that probably is a, that's a family guy reference just waiting to be well, made. Well, Civil War probably killed most of the workers on the assembly line of that country. <laughs> that was after uh, Tito died that the Yugo pretty much went with him. I, uh, I'm sure yeah. you'll find pieces of the Yugo. Wasn't the Yugo, wasn't the deal with the Yugo that it was a brand new car that cost under five grand? And it was like the worst thing on the road, so they hired this yuppie looking guy saying, I let my wife drive this car, and unless I was absolutely sure of her safety, I wouldn't allow it. I'm going to, uh, and I remember the wheels just kept coming off of those things. Mm-hmm. Like you would have these stores, police say he was driving a Yugo, and then they would just show a car, like, on fire in a ditch somewhere, because the wheels would just, uh, the wheels would just, you always hear that phrase, sort of euphemistical, the wheels would really come off the wagon. It wasn't no euphemism. The, the wheels were coming off the car, usually while you were driving it at a high rate of speed. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. I'm going to, I'm going to put, uh, I'm going to see... First of all, if there's a Yugo TV commercial, and then I'm also, uh, I was going to say I was going to Google Yugo, which is funny. Yugo commercial. Here we go. Here's one. It's only thirty nine ninety. Jesus God. All right, let's see here. Is this, uh, you, is this a commercial? Yes, it is. Thirty nine ninety. Okay, here we go. This is a, a television commercial for the uh, the Yugo from, I think it came out in eighty five. It was in the eighties. Yeah. All right. Let me know when that's buffered. Okay, it's going to take a couple of minutes here if you well, want let me... to... You know that Yugo is perfect for... Oh, darn. Now you have to pause it. Okay, I'm going to pause it. Pause we'll go and back dr- to it in just a moment. Pause and drag it. Let me, in the meantime, let me read this uh, this uh, Wikipedia entry. Let's see. The Yugo, in the, in by the way, in Yugoslavia, it was known as, as the Zastava Koral. Uh, known outside the Yugoslavia, outside the former Yugoslavia, simply as the Yugo... Uh, is a, some comp- a subcompact vehicle built by the Z- Zastava Corporation. The car design is based on the mechanics of the Fiat. Well, that seems like a lie. Uh, the Yugo entered the United States by means of blah, 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 blah. Hey, wait, here you go, Tim. Mm-hmm. The Yugo is still being sold in the former Yugoslavia uh, with an updated design priced at about 4,500 euro, which is, what is a euro? Is that like Is that like a pound where it's double whatever our thing is? It's not quite as much as it. Well, it's worth more than a dollar, like everything else is. It, it is worth more than a dollar. Would that be like seven or eight grand? Yeah. So it's a brand new car being sold in the former Yugoslavia for like seven thousand dollars. Let's see here. I have the commercial ready here. Criticism and response. Uh, here, listen to this though. Before you play the ad, um, 
1987 Consumer Reports review of the Yugo concluded that buyers would be better off buying a good used car and stated that it barely qualified as a yeah, car. Barely qualified as a car. Car and Driver magazine reviewed the car, calling it a disposable car, and noted, wait for it, that the Yugo's transmission performance. This is the best phrase I've ever heard to describe an automobile. Car and Driver noted that the Yugo's transmission performance was, quote, like trying to shift a baseball bat stuck inside a barrel full of coconuts, end quote. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is funny. That's great. Do we have the, yes, uh, we the do commercial? Here's the uh, commercial. You know that Yugo is perfect for students who don't have much to spend. Did you know that Yugo is perfect for young couples just starting out? Did you know that Yugo is perfect for the single working man? Or single working woman. And it's the perfect second car for families living in the suburbs. Did you know you can find your nearest Yugo dealer? By calling 1-800-USA-YUGO. No matter who you are or where you live, everybody needs a Yugo sometime. 1-800-USA-YUGO? Call it right now. See if anybody answers. Can, can I borrow your phone? All right. I'm going to... All right. Thanks so much. All right. Oh. Oh. All right. Here, here. That was a Yugo falling apart. <laughs> All right. Hold on. 1-800-1-800. USA Yugo. Mm-hmm. U-S-A. I have to dial it right now to beat the, uh, to be, to beat the crush of listeners who will undoubtedly be... Uh, what, right. listening online? Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. Baseball bat stuck inside a barrel. <laughs> Oh, well, that's not interesting. The number is simply not available in my calling area. Well, all right. There you go. Sorry. Thank you. Good ah, Good okay. uh, by the way, there are many who race and tune Yugos, but the biggest collector of Yugos, Tim, resides in Minnesota. He has a total of 20 Yugos. Included in this collection uh, is the yellow Cabrio Yugo from The Birdcage, starring Robin Williams. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. It's 503-733. Now we're getting nothing but Yugo calls. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. What's up? Hey, uh, I just, when I was 10, my mom and dad got his and her Yugos, and the deal was it was a buy one, get one free Yugo at the car lot. <laughs> I think I remember that. That's the mark of a reputable automobile, that. sir. His and her Yugos, were they different colors? Yeah, one was white, one was red. Which Your dad had the red one, of course. Yeah, he did. And it was pretty cool because when I was like 14, we used to go see Sweaty Nipples at Melody Ballroom, and uh -huh. he used to pick us up, and there'd be like... Eight of us crammed into this Yugo. It was like a clown car driving down 84. It really was like a real-life clown car, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it made the Volkswagen Bug seem positively spacious. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, did it have sort of a rattling sound as you drove down the road? Did it seem like it might just be about ready to come apart at the seams? No, it didn't, but just... It I remember the defrost didn't work for crap, and he'd be all stuffed in there, and it'd be foggy, and you couldn't see where we were going. <laughs> That's wonderful. Oh, great. Right on. Best show ever. Thank you, sir. All right. I love stuff. That's I, the way you want it in communist country. I suppose. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Jim, sir. What do you got? Um, about 10 years ago, when I was about nine or so, my father owned a, or actually, my him and his friend were at a junkyard, and they... We're leaving, and two guys walked up to him and asked him if they wanted to buy a Yugo for $50. And <laughs> my, dad and his, my dad and his friend were like, nah, you know, Pass. don't really need it or anything. And then they, he talked them down to $20. They, 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 they split it for $10, and they obviously just wanted drug money. And we took that car out, and we basically just bought a trip permit uh -huh. for it so we could take it out like whenever we wanted. And we took it out, and 
we had we went over to like some sand over in like Rainier, Oregon, <laughs> jumped it and raced it along little sandy roads, and then eventually we jumped it high and we jumped it like four feet and broke everything in the front. <laughs> and then and he then, just left it there. And, uh, we, we dragged it back home with like the front wheels like splayed outward. <laughs> we uh, we tipped it over on its side, and my father ended up cutting the whole rear axle out of it. And we actually built a motorcycle trailer out of it that we used for a long time to haul our motorcycles around. Well, there you go. The Soviets will be proud. Waste not, want not, sir. Excellent. Uh, I had a question about the uh, political party. Yes. It's not a 21 over event, is it? Uh, you know, I don't believe it is, actually. Uh, okay. uh, here's the thing. We, there, was there some, will be drinking, right? There's going to be boozing. Oh, will it? Oh, says Sarah. There will um, be drinking. There's some personal relevance to that inquiry. Uh, the, no, somebody, Seriously? No, I'm going to... It's, it's going to either be a celebration or a big bummer. Either way, beer is required. Mama's going to be drinking. The somebody there have been some question about that because they because it is partially a bar, but I, I think that because the Oregon bus project is involved and they are a get out the vote organization and many of their volunteers are eighteen and over. I do believe it is an eighteen and over event. We'll we'll get clarification, but I think because of Oregon bus project's involvement, it's eighteen and over. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you. It will be the place to be election night. It will. It I, totally will be. I mean, really, because either you're going to be celebrating or you're just going to be drinking yourself into it's oblivion. Just, it's like one or the other. You know, it's yeah. either way, it's going to be an epic night. In that uh, historic evening, it, and you're going to want to remember where you were. And that's see, that really is the thing, and that phrase gets kind of overused, but this it really is true because regardless of who wins, it is going to be. It really is going to be one for the one for the record books. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just no getting around that. Um, remember to tell you this, and you'll never hear me say this again. Remind me to tell you this great Mary Madeline thing in a second. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, guys. How's it going? What's up? Hey, I just wanted to let you guys know, um, I wanted to buy me a Yugo, so I was doing some research on them, uh-huh. and it turns out in 2009 they're coming out with a with a new model. Really? Is it, is it from Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer? No, no. It's it's going to be a new model of the Yugo. It's, it's going to be a four-door. They're going to call it a Wego. Are you making this up? Yes. Okay, but you almost had me there for a second. Really, I I would have I would have uh, I would have actually believed you if you hadn't given it away. It's a four door. We go. Yeah, I no, I understand. Yeah, okay. All right, thank you. All right, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. We'll be done with the Yugo calls here in a moment. Hi. Is it me? Yes, it is. Hello. Oh, sir. he stole my Wego one. Well, and apparently we're done faster than I thought we would be. Thank you. No doubt. Okay, so tell us the Mary Magdalene story. <laughs> Mary Magdalene, James Carville and his wife Mary Magdalene. Uh, Mary Madeline, so in this book, All's Fair, uh, which is a pretty interesting read, actually. I would strongly re- I would strongly recommend it, even if you don't like Mary Madeline, and no one does. Uh, but it, it, All's Fair, doesn't it... Let me stop for a second. Doesn't it almost seem, and I'm not saying this is the case, of course. I what One can never know about the personal dealings of others. If one did not know better, Tim, though, wouldn't it seem as though maybe James Carville and Mary Madeline hooked up just so they could be pitching themselves and selling books? Yes. Because, you know, the D- in fact, didn't they make a movie based on them with Michael Keaton and Gina Davis? Wasn't there some movie where Michael Keaton and Gina Davis were com- political consultants for competing campaigns? I swear to God, in like 96, there was a movie that came out, and it was Michael Keaton, and I think Gina Davis was the woman. Mm-hmm. And they were basically James Carville and Mary Madeline. They were each leading a campaign, but the candidates were against each other. So it's like like Mary Madeline or Mary Madeline, like Michael Keaton was the Democratic guy and Gina Davis was like the Republican uh, strategist. Anyway, but so if people who don't remember this, speechless, speechless. There you go. So in '92, James Carville was the lead strategist for Bill Clinton. Mary Madeline was the lead strategist for George George Bush for Bush 41. Which and but they were dating, which almost just seems too perfect. And again, I don't look. Maybe they're in love. I hope they are. Whatever. 
But it almost seems too perfect because they started, they went on speaking tours together after that. And then they wrote this book called All's Fair, which is by Carville and Madeline. And it is about how they met, how they started dating, and then what it was like to date the person who was running the opposing campaign during the 92 election. It is a pretty great book. There is this great little chapter at the end, though, where Mary Madeline talks about waking up on election day in 92. When, I mean, let's be honest, we all knew Bill Clinton was going to win. Everybody knew that. Even George Bush knew it. George Bush, who's a lot smarter than his kids, knew that he was done. He knew that he was that he was finished. Um, but they were all staying at the same hotel. And I guess Mary Madeline went out for coffee or whatever, and George Bush, Bush 41, was out for his morning jog or his walk or whatever with Barbara. And there's kind of a little sweet, poignant moment, actually, where Mary Madeline is passing George Bush in the morning. And it was the morning of the election, and Bush knew he was toast. But she's kind of keeping a good face, and she, and she gives him the double thumbs up like, you know, Mr. President, we're going to pull it out. And Bush says something to the effect of, well, you know, it's 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 good to have pipe dreams or something, you know, like, you know, I admire your I admire your denial of reality, Mary. It's one of your strongest traits. He said something basically indicating he knew he was done. But then you fast forward to that night. Clinton wins. Huge, you know, uh, election, huge moment. Carville is like, you know, he's he's celebrating at the governor's mansion and they're all whooping it up. Hey, hey, don't stop thinking about tomorrow. And Mary Madeline has the greatest phrase where she went back to her hotel room, started drinking herself into oblivion, fell into this drunken sleep. And then she and Carville, this is why you almost think it's just too perfect. You know, it almost seems like a construct. She and Carville, the day after the election, November 5th or whatever, the Wednesday, they were supposed to leave to go to Cancun or something together for like two weeks, which has got to be an awkward vacation. You're on vacation with a woman whose campaign you just crushed. So Carville calls her at like four in the morning after the election, and he rings her hotel room, and she has the greatest little sentence. She says that she woke up to the sound of the telephone ringing, overflowing with red wine and depression, which is just the greatest little phrase. Because you can totally see that, where Carville just completely kicked her teeth in. And she answered the phone, and she said, this is Mary Madeline telling the story. She answers the phone, overflowing with red wine and depression at 4 a.m., and she just screamed at Carville. She goes, I can't believe you held to elect that dope-smoking philanderer. F you! And, like, hangs up the phone. <laughs> Which is just, I mean, that's love right there. That, that is, is l'amour. Anyway, so uh, I forget how I even got started on this, but blah, blah, blah. Oh, so Sarah will be drinking that night, as will many people, either in celebration or sadness. Mm. So that is uh, the Rick Emerson Show's political party featuring live broadcasts all night long by news director Tim Riley, who will be giving updates and interviewing movers and shakers. Isn't that right? Yes. Excellent. So uh, be We're there. We're going to be in the skybox. That's right. Uh, yes. Yes, we are. So uh, at the... Tim's going to be in a magical skybox. Grand Central Bowl. You're welcome to visit. Starting Thank you, Tim Riley. As long as you have the proper security clearance. Yes. As long as Mr. That's, Riley that's lets you in. That's my security clearance, totally. Yeah. Uh, so that is uh, starting Tuesday, November 4th, 7 p.m. at Grand Central Bowl, along with our uh, partners, the Willamette Week, Oregon Bus Project, and our sponsors, Taboo Adult Video, Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing. So be there Tuesday, November 4th. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, this is good news. The Dow Jones Industrial Averages gave more than 500 points on the day. Well, all you kids are out of your bikes. You probably found out the Hawthorne Bridge is closed today due to an emergency repair. Crews discovered an almost severed steel cable, which is probably holding up the bridge, while doing an unrelated repair On Sunday. what bridge? The Hawthorne. the Hawthorne Bridge. Hello. A severed steel cable. I wonder if crooks are trying to steal it. Multnomah County says it is one of four similar cables 
But the other three are okay. Well, Sarah, and, Sarah and I just did the greatest look at each other and then slow turn to you as you said severed cable. No, because that's what I started thinking. Like, oh my god, these meth heads are going to start cutting off pieces uh-huh. of our bridges. Oh exactly. god, that's what I was just. Thinking. Boy, that does really that seem likely. That is really freaky. I don't think it was an accident because it doesn't say broken. It says severed, severed. like to be cut. Yes, to be cut. Mm, all right. You know, I'm not much of a law and order type, but really, this, needs is, to get on that. this is where some skulls need to be cracked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, I did. I was one of those unfortunate people who rode my bike today, and I had to ride all the way down to the Morrison Bridge. You know, I hope that our new Sherrod, Sherrod, I know that our, our new Sheriff, uh, Mohammed Raouf, will take care of this. Mohammed, I expect you to start cracking down on folks. It's stealing metal. Stealing cables off the bridge, that's almost certainly what that sounds mm. like. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's freaky. I don't, I don't like, like that one bit. No, sir. I don't like it. All right, here's Tim Riley. Jesus. Somebody's going to do the wrong thing one of these days. Seriously. And the thing is, and it won't be any consolation that the meth stealer will end, will himself be killed. That's not going to make anybody else feel better about it as you look over and see the bridge collapsing into the river. Wow. Okay. I'm getting all kinds of weird, uh, weird... I wonder how many of the bridges, since... I wonder if it's just the draw bridges that have those steel cables. Like, what was the steel cable for? Since the Burnside Bridge is, you know, basically just a big... That's a good question. Concrete. What lifts up that center thing? Is it... Cables? Is it? Well, no, on the Hawthorne Bridge, it's cables. Is it chains? It's it's two like giant cables. So you can see those red blocks coming down as the bridge goes up. Does it say what kind of cables these were? In other words, what what purpose these cables serve? It does not. No, it leaves it to the imagination. I'm having a whole weird I am legend thing. Where I'm just seeing the bridge uh, falling apart and collapsing into the river. Jesus. All right, here's Tim Riley. So the person whose dog killed the other dog on the TriMet bus will be punished. They won't be able to ride TriMet for 30 days. Now, even though this dog wasn't a service dog, and who knows why the bus driver let this dog on in the first place. Well, either of the dogs. What The small dog was a service dog. Oh, really? Yeah, the small dog was the small dog that was killed, the Pomeranian, was a service dog. You know, first of all, let me just say, I haven't, this is the Max or or the bus? The bus. I haven't read back line 75 to St. John's. I hear that's a neighborhood on the go, Tim. On the move, upward. It is. Uh... I'll say that I haven't ridden uh, the bus in a long time, and I actually consider that its own reward. So the idea that you're going to be punished by not having to ride something I try to avoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so some idiot gets on the bus with a dog. A regular dog. It's a 50-pound Rottweiler. A 50-pound Rottweiler, and the goddamn bus driver did not know. make them put it in a crate? Are you kidding me? That's pretty messed up. Yeah. And it killed a service animal. Oh, I'm officially, I'm officially furious. And and the person with this dog that wasn't supposed to be on there in the first place, their punishment is they're not going to be able to ride the bus for 30 days. Are you? Come on, man. All right. Having just said that I'm now going to crack down on Law & Order because of the meth guys stealing cables off the bridge, that is, in my opinion, that is criminal negligence. Yeah. And it killed a service dog. By the way, those are not cheap to train. Mm-hmm. And if you're, like, blind or deaf or whatever, I don't know if you have to pay for the service dog. I think the state gives them to you. And there are also many kinds of service dogs. I mean, it might not just be like a walking dog. It could have been like a, um, like, you know, for people with like low self-esteem. Like, like a therapy dog? They have therapy mm-hmm. dogs. Therapy dogs, yeah. No, they bring that's those. That's considered a service dog. My wife's uh, work, she deals with, uh, you know, crazies, and they bring therapy dogs there. Well, you know, there are also therapy dogs for people who are epileptic. Because, if because freaky as this is, like, this all sounds like sci-fi. But, you know, there are dogs that can tell you when you're about to have a seizure, like before it even happens. Uh, there are dogs that can bark and warn you that a seizure will be happening to you within a few minutes. And so you have time to, like, get your medicine or get to the doctor or whatever. Therapy dogs are not cheap to train or, you know, service dogs anyway. A 50-pound Rottweiler. Somebody left a 50-pound Rottweiler on the bus. But the bus driver just said, that's fine. That's long fine. As yeah. long as you got that dial at 50. Dogs ride for free. And then the guy, whoever it was, and you know it was a guy, by the way, 
who I'm sure had a massive, I'm sure the guy, I'm sure his pants are bulging. I'm sure the guy who had the 50-pound Rottweiler, that's a guy who's got a big, uh, a big unit. You know that that's, that's what that always is. Just let the dog just uh, kill a service animal. Oh, well, it, it happened very quickly. But still, you got a 50-pound Rottweiler, you hold on to the collar. Mm -hmm. You don't just, like, let it. I mean, I'm not saying I that just he did this. Think I don't think it would be allowed. Know. It said here, in the blink of an eye, it just got out of control. If you can't control your dog, you shouldn't have a dog. Can we all say this? Just yeah. like children, by the way. If you can't control and, your kids... And why doesn't TriMet ever punish anyone for anything? Well, that doesn't even seem like a TriMet thing. That seems like the actual police ought to be Well, uh, the police didn't interview it. the guy and let him go. You know, there are cameras on those buses, are there not? They are. They're waiting to see the video. If the video shows the bus driver... Now, I'm sure a, we're going to see this on TV. A 50-pound Rottweiler on the bus without any sort of crating, which I do believe uh, is required, mm -hmm. unless you can somehow spin the, the argument that the 50-pound Rottweiler was itself a service animal, which I don't think is likely. No. If there's video of the bus driver letting this animal on the bus, and there's video of the Rottweiler's owner failing to control it, and as I said, I hate to be comparing kids to dogs again. Well, they got off at North it. Lombard at Interstate. Well, I think we know what that's about, mm -hmm. Tim, don't we? Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, if you cannot control your dog, your animal, you you need not have uh, that animal, that dog. I mean, really, that's the thing. You know how your dog behaves. Jesus. For the love of, I mean, come on, man. I mean, I got like a second, I got like a 16-pound poodle, uh, you know, and I know how that dog behaves, and I go out of my way to make sure he doesn't do anything. And in fact, uh, in fact, the, the, you know, the one time that my dog got into some mischief recently, which ended badly for him, not so much for anybody else. It was the uh, the dog walker who, who felt awful about it. But, I mean, especially with, I mean, you know, it's a freaking poodle. This is a Rottweiler. Oh, that bugs me. Is there somebody who works for TriMet? All right. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson uh, show, sir, madam, as the case may be. Rick, 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 Rick. What's up? I drive for TriMet. Yes, sir. This is one of our biggest complaints about the system. Okay? We have to, under the American with Disabilities Act, Federal law. Yes. We have to let these animals on. All that guy with the 50-pound Rottweiler has to do is say it's a service animal, and as long as he's got a leash on it, he is legally he has to. We cannot refuse it. Do you have to? Do you have to somehow show that the animal is a service animal? No. All you have to do. We have service snakes. We have ser anything anybody that is fantastic. wants to call. I am completely bringing a service snake on the bus, and then a, and then a service Tasmanian devil. As long as the snakes have to be in, in under control in a bag or something. But we've had everything you can imagine these people are saying is a service animal, and we have no control. So isn't the guy... And this crap happens every day. We have these homeless guys walking right out of the bushes with these vicious-ass Rottweilers, right. and they're allowed, as, the long as, they have a, as long as they have a leash, we cannot say a word because, oh, it's a service animal. You know, we can't ask what the, for. The, the service animals don't usually come with a license or a tag or something? No. The the the, the term is so broad. Because you see those uh, those dogs that have, like, green vests and whatnot. because they're, like, helping blind folk across the street. Okay, one night, this is, I, I had two ladies, both in wheelchairs, with chihuahuas on their laps, mm -hmm. okay? A, 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 a visually impaired guy gets on with the seeing-eye dog. The chihuahuas jump off their laps and attack the seeing-eye dog. 
I could do nothing about it because everybody involved was ADA handicapped. Right, right. Okay, so the so 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 the blind guy had to get off and wait for the next bus while these two vicious little monsters got to stay on. There is nothing we and it is so frustrating for us. We are pulling our hair out trying to figure out how to moderate this. And this is you know this is just one of a thousand incidences. This one just happened some night, and the drivers have nothing to do with it. We are. We are just so frustrated. We're pulling our hair out. Over All right. Well, I'm glad. Okay. I'm glad. Thank you for the clarification. Thank you for us. No, no, no. I am glad that you told us that because I like to know stuff. So, mm. so that so it is really an issue of the Federal regulations, law. as Abby Hoffman would say, it's the system. The whole system is out of order, and that this uh, this uh, dick just wouldn't didn't want to keep his Rottweiler under, under control. So. Oh well, the, you know the Rottweiler was probably sitting in the back going, "I'm going to get that dog." I'm, he's going to give me a chance, and I'm going to get it. You know, you would think if you know if your dog is bound to attack other things, you maybe People wouldn't put it you know, like in a crowded metal tube. They raise their kids just like they raise their dogs. That they're out it. of control. They're stupid. <laughs> and, the, and, and they're... You speak for all of us here, really. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just it's one of the most frustrating things you can imagine. Just right, well, waiting. Just well, waiting for this to happen. Thank you for the clarification, sir. Okay. All right, thank you. All right, there you go. There's that guy he works in front. So who knew? Well, now we so, know. No, it's not the driver's fault. Jesus. Well, it is, as it always is, by the way. Uh, you know, it was the fault of some guy with a big dog he didn't want to control. Mm-hmm. Jesus. All right. Let's do one more, and then we'll uh, take a break here. Uh, General Motors and Chrysler are now asking the U.S. government for roughly $10 billion in an unprecedented rescue package. This isn't socialism, is it? To support a merger between GM and Chrysler. Why do they need money to merge? Exactly. Merger means you're saving the other company because one guy has money, the other guy doesn't. And merger by, by usually means you're going to need less stuff. Correct. Instead of two secretaries, you need one. Right. Why do you need... Te- Never mind. Never mind. Socialism. Then $10 billion dollars to merge. Maybe they need new stationery. That would be like if Sarah and I had to move in together and I decided the government had to give me a hundred grand so I could make it happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, theoretically, you had, you know, you needed two ironing boards before. Now you just need one. You don't need more money. Ah, for the love of God. All right. Well, it's good to, you know, by the way, we, we should note that despite all of the, uh, the sort of mudslinging on this regard, all of this socialism does seem to be happening under George W. Bush uh, and, and a Republican presidency. And Barack Obama not even in office, and we have socialism. It's not the so, same thing. Of course not, Tim. No, it's not it's social. Healthy. It's not socialism when you give it to businesses. No. It's only socialism when you try to help actual people. The love of sweet Jesus. It's just ten billion. <sighs> well, what's ten billion, more or less? Hey, did you see those companies are already lining up and fighting over that seven hundred billion? Yes. So they're already just starting a whole bunch of dog fights over who's going to get that. Jesus God Almighty! All right, five zero three seven three three two. 970. Did you see that uh, TV reporter asking Biden flat out if Obama was a Marxist? Yeah, that was pretty interesting. This country is fantastic. Right. You don't even need to go to the movies anymore. I can just sit at home and watch the political coverage. I mean, really, it's it's like having a front row seat. Back after this, and more Tim Riley, your phone calls. It's the Rick Emerson Show. After all this, I went to the trouble of borrowing a dollar from Richie, and then I didn't go to the kitchen to buy any visa. Damn me. I just think you're like an idiot. The I got distracted by the blow-up doll. Well, and the irony is I was so low on visa that I actually was just, you know, couldn't, my thoughts weren't focused, and I actually forgot to go get visa. 
There you go. Uh, yes, and we were distracted by the blow-up doll. Oh, thank you, Richie. Hey, what do you... You got toothpicks? All right. How long have you been off uh, cigarettes? Let me, uh, 20, 20 days. Really? Almost three weeks. Three weeks tomorrow. You. Well done. Uh, now, are you doing like chewing tobacco or any tobacco at all? Nope, nope, nope. Just uh, the no toothpicks. No nicotine, period. Did you scrape your, your face with your toothpick? No, that was... Never mind. I can't talk about that. Let's back up for a second to say <laughs> that, A, Richie's got a, the blow-up Sarah Palin doll, which doesn't really look like Sarah Palin, in his room, and all of its... Uh, openings were uncovered, which is a little odd. It was really creepy, especially the opening on the front. And so Tim and I came back from, we were like, Tim was in the in the, in the the restroom and I was in the in the kitchen, and we came back just as we heard Richie going, wait a minute, don't we have panties around here? And so I guess it's now, is it wearing your underwear, It's not Sarah? my underwear. Yes, it's wearing Sarah's no, underwear. No, it's not, because Richie gave me this creepy pair of, like, stringy, weird, like, so not yours? underwear. Oh, is this that weird underwear he gave you for your birthday that's all, like... Yeah, big... and I stuck it up on the shelf and forgot about it. And but been... they're yours, right? It looked like no, ribbon yours, for a Richie. present or something. No, I didn't. No, they're a different Sarah's now. Okay. Wait, hold on. But this is but this is the, the underwear that, like, it looked like something you'd wrap a present up with. It doesn't connect like to all the sides. Like, there's a triangle in the front and then, like, ribbons up connecting the front piece and the back piece so that they tied together on the sides. It's just, like, the most hideously tacky underwear. No offense, Richie. And so now the blow of dollars <laughs> wearing that. Richie likes I have them. a pair, so. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Why is your... What's up with you? Whoa, that is a big scratch. What's up with that? What Look at happened? That. You're bruised, too. You get your bruise and your scratch. What the, What is up with that? Nothing. <laughs> oh God, you're disgusting. What? The what? Did you hump some girl and she scratched your face? I don't know. How Did I she say it. no? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, she held me. Bitch, present charges. All right. She uh, held you down and scratched yeah. your face. <laughs> no, but what do you mean? Seriously, how did that happen? I don't know. Just, you, you don't have to like say who go, she is. But oh, I'm not asking who it was. Did a woman scratch your face? I assume so. The cat woman. Do, why don't well, you remember? Were you, were you, uh, were you intoxicated? Were you hosed? Or, well, you like, know, you're in the middle of something. You're not thinking, oh, I better look. Oh, look, I got a bruise. I wonder how I got that. See, look. Look at that. I, but wouldn't look you notice scratch. if somebody scratched it? That looks Would like you a bruise. you if you were having sex with somebody? I'm not paying attention to that at that time. I was looking at something else. Sorry. <laughs> All my feeling in blood was somewhere else in my body. So I had, God, no, disgusting. I had no feeling elsewhere. But I'm saying she drew blood on your face. I mean, that was, I could tell, that was bleeding. That's thats not just a scratch. That's like an actual sort of, that's like a long bleeding cut type Did scratch. Did she do it on purpose? With a love mark. <laughs> was that with uh, jewelry or some sort of presumably dangly earring that looks like a fishing lure? I don't know. I was all over the place. <laughs> wow. Were there any number of metal things on her that might have cut you? Like paper clips in her nipples or something. Oh, or oh. well, but piercings. I mean, yeah. Were you were you drunk or high or something? Piercings. No. Then why? Okay, but I mean, wouldn't you? Okay, I can acknowledge that maybe you wouldn't remember every little moment or detail, but I mean, presumably you remembered if she, you would remember she was all pierced up, right? Yeah. Was she? If you tell me you don't remember if she was all pierced, that that's Richie, just were you strange. Drunk? Were you drunk? No. A little no. bit? Did you have a couple no. drinks? No. Maybe I was sweating profusely. And... Wouldn't... God. <laughs> why do you answer more than was asked of you? But, wouldn't, but doesn't it seem strange that you wouldn't remember if she was pierced? I don't remember. All right. Am I alone in thinking that's a little odd? That, yeah. That's very odd. You don't remember how this girl scratched that's something you. that you'd be able to I swear tell. I don't. I don't know. I well, just... Was this the gymnast? No. Oops. Oh, are yeah, you, the are you no, totally the gymnast. Oops. Are you no longer with the gymnast? Not till Halloween. <laughs> not today. No, I'm just kidding. I don't even know what we're talking about. All right. I I'm so confused. Not this week. <laughs> you give me a bigger, that'd be great. I am no closer to understanding anything. All right. 
There you go. Oh, I wonder if it was that. I know what her Miss Space page is. Really? Was she fighting him off? Her quote is, drink, dance, and be blonde. Really? Really. Is that a quote from something? Like, is that a legally know. blonde quote or something? I don't know. All right. Oh, is this too mean to read her stuff out loud? I don't know. No. I was the one. I was this the one. This is genius. All right, if I don't say her name or anything. That doesn't matter to me. I don't care. About me. It's public, right? Is it a public profile? Yes. Or you're not logged in as Richie? I'm not, no, I'm not her friend. If it's a public profile, go ahead and read it. About care. me. I love to party. That's about it. JK, I'm going back to school in September to get a blank degree. I won't because... Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I, I work a lot, which sucks, but hey, it's money, and I love shopping. It's my favorite thing to do besides, well, never mind. I can't say LOL, but yeah. It's like a female Richie. I was just going to say, <laughs> aim for the top, Richie. It's important to have standards. LOL. LOL. Jesus, God. All right. Well, okay. Here's Tim Riley. An impatient White House served notice today on banks and other financial institutions who got billions of dollars in federal help. Stop hoarding the money and start making loans to people. Forget about these luxurious vacations your CEOs are taking. Uh, We're trying to get banks to do what they're supposed to do, which is supposed to lend people money. So apparently the banks are hoarding all this money that uh, we gave them, $700 billion in the financial bailout plan. And they're just, like, leaving it in a, in a vault somewhere and not giving it to yeah. anybody? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. I mean, let me ask you a question, Tim. You follow uh, finances and so forth. Is this – does the government now actually have a stake in banks, or is that just a thing they were talking about? I suppose that they do. I mean, this is unprecedented. I I don't know exactly what the arrangement is. But, I mean – in other words, the government doesn't right now. Thank you, Richie. Uh, that almost makes up for your weirdness. Uh, but right now, the, <laughs> the government doesn't currently own a stake in banks, do they? No. Okay. So we've given the banks seven hundred and other companies seven hundred billion dollars, which they are then presumably going to be using for business. But they're they're just sticking it in like a jar somewhere. Mm-hmm. All right. Can't somebody? I don't know. What's the word? Make them do this? Yes. I mean, can't the government just step in and go like, start lending you bastards now? That's what they're supposed to be doing. All right. God. Mm. A federal judge in Ohio has ruled that counties must allow homeless voters to list park benches as their addresses. Really? Yes, really. This is from Ohio. The ruling resolved the final two pieces of a settlement between Ohio Coalition for the Homeless and the Secretary of State. That is weird, isn't it? Uh, Someone in your house might have the sniffles. Watch out for the refrigerator door handle and the TV remote. A new study finds that coal sufferers leave most of their germs there. That's a door handle and a TV remote, and they can live there for two days or longer. All right, we have to back up. We're not still talking about the homeless, are we? No. All right. We're talking about germs. Well, they are one and the same. So let's back up for just one second because I wanted to make sure that I I was distracted for just a moment because somebody sent me something awful. And it said, and the subject line was, this will haunt your dreams forever, and I opened it. Is it a spider eating a bird? No, it's not a spider at all. I don't know why I looked. Is it like bathtub girl? No, it's not the uh, girl. It is not scatological. Who sent me to this? Autumn. Thanks, Autumn. I hope you rot in hell forever. Uh, let's see. Hope you die. Uh, hope hope you die uh, alone, uh, and uh, you know, pecked at by uh, by crows. Jesus. Yeah, Autumn sent me the worst thing I've ever seen. Why did you do that, Autumn? What have I ever done to what, you? What is it? Do you want to see it? Do I? I don't. Tim is already opting out. Do you want to see it? Okay. It's not scatological or sexual. It's not about the, you know, any, uh, you know, number one or number two. It's not about an animal. Give me, give me one thing that it's about. Can you give me a general? Well, it's not bloody, 
you might call it a kind of injury, I suppose, but Ooh. it's but it's not bloody. Maybe There's no not. blood at all. Maybe not. No blood. Maybe not. You should come look. Okay. All right. This is called This Will Haunt Your Dreams Forever. Yay. Thank you, Autumn. You are now my sworn enemy. Come on over, Evan. Come on over. What are you afraid of? All right. I'm not going to look. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Let's put the microphone up here so we can no. reaction. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. What is that? That's what I'm saying. What is that? <laughs> See? What's going on there? What is that? I'm not looking I'm not again. looking again. What is that? Well, they're, they're fingers. But I know, but what's going on there? I don't know. What's you, going on? I don't know. You should look. I already looked twice. You have to look once more. Oh, I can't even look at that. I don't want to see. I don't ever want to see that. See, that's again. what I'm saying. What is that? That's in my head. I don't know. See, now it's gonna haunt your dreams. It looks like like someone has scales on the inside. Oh, scales on the inside. Isn't that what it looks like? I don't know. I gotta reduce. Are you not gonna look at it? Hold on. No, I gotta. Now I gotta do that thing of like squinting when I bring it back up so I can close it. You see why I hate Autumn? You see why Autumn is? Uh, Did she? Are life? those her fingers? I hope not. Jesus. I, what are I, her fingers? If those are her fingers, I don't even know how she would have typed enough to send me the email. Unless guess, she's typing everything with her nose. You know what I'm talking about? See, yeah. that's, what I'm, that's weird. It's not right. But I have to post it now, don't I? Yeah, you totally have to. All right. But how am I going to post it without looking at it? I don't know, but we need to figure out what it is. You have to do that. I'm not going to look anymore. I can't look at it again. Jesus, it's not right. It makes me grind my teeth. All right. Uh, um, let me back up for a second before we do anything else. Tim, I'm sorry that we have to derail us. We're going to jump back in time about five minutes in just one second. Sure. Now, I was quoting. Now I've got something in my head when Richie came in and he's all scratched up on his face. And you said, was she fighting back, which is funny. And you can say that because you're a girl. But then I did the chasing Amy thing uh, where Ben Affleck goes, i got girl problems. And Jay goes, bitch pressing charges. I get that a lot. But then that's something else, too. Who else? Who else makes a joke in the movie about the girl pressing charges? It's in the Adams family. It's where Gomez says to Fester, uh, Fester, you'll meet somebody else, someone who won't press charges. Uh, that's it's in Adams family values, and then he hooks up with John Cusack. Mm. See, don't you feel tingly and so, uh, I, feel I feel dirty. So I feel like there's something uh, something awful I inside. Look me. at it so that we could all share in this gross. Tim, come look at this. No, it's not that bad. Tim, come over here. No, come over here. No. We gotta find somebody else to come look at this. We gotta have somebody else. Big Jim. Okay, Big Jim. Get him. Richie, don't tell him why, but make Big Jim come in here. <laughs> Jim, if you're listening, it's nothing bad. <laughs> I wish I hadn't seen that. I can't unsee it now. It's I in my just... head. Autumn, I hate you. I, I seriously, I hope that you are. Uh, I hope you are. Yeah, what it is? <clears throat> so it just keeps looping through over seriously, and over again. Seriously, I, uh, I hope something awful happens to you, Autumn. Really, I, I hope that. Uh, I hope that you just wake up covered in tapeworms. Hi, Jim. How are you doing today? Hi, Jim. Well. Hey, I have something great to show you. Yeah, I was listening in the other rooms, oh. and uh, my nightmares are already kind of full. you got to see this, though. Okay. Okay, shut I your mean, eyes. You have to look really closely and tell us what it is. Okay. All right. You close your... Look away. Don't looking look. away. Looking away. Well, I'm talking about the old mistakes. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Don't look. I can see the reflection of it in your glasses, right? Shut up! Go away! All right. All right. Okay, look at the screen. Right. It's not there yet. Okay. Okay. Now, I'm going to show you something <laughs> that Autumn, who, as Keith Oberman would say, is the worst person in the world. Okay. Us, it's not bloody. It's not scatological or sexual. No insects? Uh, no. no. No bugs at all, actually. Okay. That's usually my, uh, my my meter right there. Okay. You have to look at this so we can all suffer. And then we have to find... <laughs> we can all suffer. We have to look at it closely so we can figure out what it is. I don't know okay. what's going on in this photo. Another to say, and we can't look like, again I can to wrap it up out. like a present in my head and then shift it away. <laughs> Um, I am so scared right now. I wish right my now. head had some sort of a disposal. 
that I could just <laughs> and like a, seem, initially when you look at it, it's like that's not that creepy. And then as and soon then, as it registers, I wish my head was like an Intel clean room that I could just sort of press a button and everything <laughs> oh. was vaporized. Is this some Rotten.com kind of stuff? Uh, I don't see. No, it's not. It's not bloody. Okay. And then here's the other thing. After you look at this horrible picture, Tim, you want to see this? No. Okay. <laughs> on KCMD Portland. Uh, then it's we have to cut her. <laughs> we have to find. We've been arguing about a picture for like 45 minutes. That's the way to attend here, Tim. Hume to core, Tim. Hume to core. Attention P1s. Then, uh, then we have to find somebody who can tolerate looking at this long enough to post it on either my space or my blog. Okay. I All think, right. I think there I'm we ready. go. Yeah. All right. Jesus. Sweet. Is it? What I don't know. What is it? I don't know. What is it, I can't look what at it. it. I can't look. What is it? Oh, it's uh, evil is what it is. What it is shouldn't it? be. I think I see the Virgin Mary. Yeah. No, see, see what I mean? What is up with that? What is it? What's it, going on there? It looks almost like some kind of frostbite, perhaps? You're a Stephen King fan, right? I am. So I, I mean, keep, you know, I keep thinking of that. Uh, what's the name of the story? Where the guy? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, where the guy goes to the outer planet and then his hand has the, uh, you oh, know, that? From, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, from Creepshow. Yeah, no, 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 it's not in Creepshow. Um, no, I'm talking about in, in the book Night Shift yeah. by Stephen King, how the astronaut comes home and his end up... Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, dude, okay. Yeah, that's what that looks like. Yeah, just the of. weird white halo. What, or, uh, what is foamy? that? I gotta get, I gotta get up. Wait, okay. you gotta no, no, get I gotta, so you can look at it. Uh, can we expand on this? So, so is, is that like uh, indented? Do you see that? Is it missing? Uh, it, no, it's definitely, there's, there's... I'm so afraid it's gonna come out of the screen at me. <laughs> Seriously, I'm afraid it's actually gonna leap out of the screen onto me. I hate you, Sarah. Quit doing that. <laughs> All right, I have to close it, Jim. Okay. All right. Uh... I am right. just maybe so it's the Virgin Mary with frostbite. Amber, I hope <laughs> that's a very cold Virgin Mary. Autumn, Autumn, I hope you die suffering and alone. Really? Okay, uh, I'm gonna go in a uh, Tijuana prison. Take a uh, shower with some emotional do bleach. Feel, oh. Jim, do you feel dirty Jesus. after seeing that? I feel intrigued. Oh. You know, it's it's disgusting. My, now my brain is gonna kind of like the old. Um, my uh, brain is filled with with. Death. Yeah, if it wasn't for that horse, I wouldn't have spent that year at college. The yeah. Louis Black County. But now I got to find out what that is. You, you let me know. Right, my hands, you know, turn out like that. that. I don't know how to do that. I'll Maybe that's what happens to your hands after you clicked on that email. All right, you want to send it to me? I'll post it. Okay. Ugh. All right, I'm gonna go this way now. All right. I know this is a big thing about this is like on the radio talking about a photo. You really will when we finally post this. Thank us for discussing it at some length. Because you're going to say, dear God, what is that thing? What did she write in the subject? I don't know. She wrote a, uh, there's no subject. There's just, this will haunt your dreams forever, all caps. <laughs> I didn't listen. Why did I open that? Follow-up email. I told you. Ha ha. I will never be able to sleep again. Love, Autumn. Seriously, I'm going to find you, and I'm going to kill you. Why did you watch Two Girls, One Cup? We just have to. I know. Hello, Tim. I'm intrigued. Jesus. You want to see you it? Look at it? You want to look at it? Kind of. Oh, yeah. oh, fool. Okay, come here. Uh-oh. Come here. Uh-oh. Now, Uh-oh. hold on. Don't come here yet. i got to open it. All right. <laughs> and I'm blocking the screen with my hand. He's putting his hand in front of I the I am blocking screen. the screen with... Ah, I almost saw... I just saw part of it accidentally. All right, come here, Tim. All right. Jesus. <laughs> i got to figure out a way to put up just a link, too, so people don't see it when they first go there. they got to, like, click on the link. You ready, Tim? Yes. All right, look at the screen. Look at it. Oh! Yeah! In your Isn't face! Isn't that wrong? And in your brain. What is that? What is it? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to shake it out of my brain. What is it? I don't know. Can I stop saying it, what it is looks it? Like a, uh, it looks like a pair of rotted slippers on somebody's fingernail. 
But Jesus. it's this part, right? Yeah. It's not right. Okay, we have to quit talking about a photo now. Oh, yeah, is this Autumn calling the, us? You're going to have to do the link thing. Hold on, here's here's Autumn actually calling us. Hi, Autumn, you terrible person. I know, I told you not to look at it. You're the worst oh, person Autumn, who's Autumn? ever it lived. It is, it's Autumn, Autumn. Hi, sweetie, how are you? Oh, I'm really good. I'm very good, except for that picture is going to haunt my dreams really? forever. Right now, I'm hoping that your spine is filled with aphids. Oh, it is so, it freaks me out. Where, where did you, where? where did you see that? And we're not going to, I'm going to put up a link so people can see it. I, I almost want to keep a little bit of, you know, what it looks like, a little bit of a surprise. But where did you get that? My boyfriend hates me and he sent it to me. It's always and then starts with a guy. He wouldn't tell me. He wouldn't tell me how it happened. I don't want to know anything about it. Yeah. And he, it's better that oh. way, though. It's better not knowing in a way. Because my mind cannot think of a reason I, of why it would. It's look more like that. terrifying not I, knowing. I, I need to dump bleach into my eyes. Just know that the goggles do nothing. Not, it is not me, but it freaks me out. It makes me just. Shake. No, no, no. I mean, if that's you, you oh. you need that. We're gonna we're gonna cure that with fire and lots of. Oh. It and then we're going to cut out. off your head. All right. Uh, well, thanks so much for sharing that. Happy Halloween to you, too. Yes. Yes. Goodbye, okay. you guys. All right. There you go. All right. That's porn star, Autumn. Yeah. Yes, it is. I almost want to see it again. God forbid you're alone at your house and you start to choke on something tonight. I mean, that would be terrible. Maybe, uh, I mean, or you know, I mean, really just in a worst-case scenario, God forbid that Autumn, who just sent me the worst thing I've ever seen, trips and falls getting out of the shower... And then is found eaten by dogs later on. That'd be too bad. Oh, oh, I can't scrub it away. Oh, why did I open that? Jesus. All right. I got to take... I, we can't break now, but... Christ. Now I just hear the voice of Orson Welles in my head going, It's Halloween. Ugh, Jesus. All right. Tim, talk about something else for a minute, and then we'll come up back, and we'll get back on this business of the banks hoarding and... Park benches filled with homeless people. Can you have some other thing that's less horrible we can do right now? A, a story about... Do we have one of two things, Tim? Do we either have a story that is really happy or a story that is really itself fairly awful or depressing to sort of distract me from this? Snuff watch or something? I do have a double snuff watch. Let's do that instead. That'd be fun. Oh, I'm still there when I shut my eyes. Mm. Oh, it's awful. That's so much worse than the spider. It's a lot worse than the spider. Jared Damiano, the director of the pioneering pornographic film that lent its name to the Watergate whistleblower known as Deep Throat Has Died, he was 80. He died in Florida. Of course he did. I don't have the... Uh... I do. I don't even want to touch my computer anymore. He had suffered a stroke in September. Really? The yes. director of Deep Throat suffered a stroke? That's correct, yes. He was a filmmaker and artist and thought of himself as such, said the uh, younger Demiano. Even though we weren't allowed to see his movies, we knew he was a movie maker, and we were proud of that. Deep Throat was a mainstream box office success and helped launch the modern hard-care adult industry. Shot in six days for $25,000 in 1972, the flick became a cultural must-see for Americans who had just lived through the sexual liberation of the 1960s. The film's title also became associated with one of the most famous anonymous sources of journalism. While investigating the Watergate scandal, Washington Post reported Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein used it as a nickname for their source, former FBI official W. Mark Felt. Information from Felt helped bring down Richard Nixon's presidency. Born in New York in 1928, 
Damiano worked as a hairdresser, spent time in the Navy, and directed several adult films. The younger Damiano said he would often accompany his father to film sets as a child, really? but would be ushered out during nitty-gritty scenes. During any uh, acts of intimacy? Mm-hmm. You, know, so the, you know, we were talking about this. It makes me feel a little old. The uh, director of Deep Throat is 80 years. Or 80 died. years. Um, wow. You know, um, first of all, let me just say, who here in the room has, has seen the movie Deep Throat? I Jim? have not. Really? That surprises me. It was a cultural. It was a. It was a big part of the culture. It was a. It was a pop culture event. It really was. And you know, I walked by that theater in Hollywood on numerous occasions. Where, where when it was showing. Yeah. Well, you know, Deep Throat. People really. Uh, people sort of forget this now because porn has, at once, become, you know, more. Um, how do I put this? Porn has at once become marginalized and mainstreamed. In other words, you would never have just a regular movie theater showing a porn film in, in 2008 because we've been so polarized. What are you doing over there, Sarah? Oh, God. I just no, sent you the photo. No, 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 no. I, I accidentally looked at it again. This is so wrong. Yeah. No, I was trying to find, how do I make a link? How do I make a link? Well, you've got you to gotta have it on the web somewhere, and then you linked right to it. Mm. Or you could put it on your MySpace, or you could upload it to your, uh, you could upload it to your blogger account and then just put, like, a bunch of, like, periods, you know, like, make it make a column of periods so they have to scroll down. I don't think I can do this. Maybe Richie can come in and do it. Wait, Richie hasn't seen it yet, has he? No. Hey, Richie, come in the studio. We have something great to show you. Oh, God. You'll love it. It's a jolly piece of candy. All right. And we'll discuss it. We'll continue with right, deep throat discussion here in a second. Come here, Richie. All right. Okay. Are you ready? Are you ready? ready? Richie, you ready to see this awful ready? photo? Oh. What the heck? Yeah. That's Is what it, I'm can saying. you see all of it? Is that real? Can you see all of it? Don't describe it. Just register your reactions. Looks like a. Can you see the tops? Don't. Yeah. Don't describe it. I can't. Can you see the tops? Can you see the. What is that? That's fake. I don't believe that's fake. What is that? That's what I'm saying. He's in shock. Looks like a pineapple. Oh, why oh, did you say that? All right. I'm getting goosebumps. I'm so grossed out. Okay, so so Richie, uh, can you post? Can you post somewhere? that somewhere? Uh huh. But, but here's the thing, though. Can you post it somewhere where people have to click on a link to see it? Yeah. I don't want that photo catching people off guard. Yeah. Can you click on my inbox so that I don't have to look at that? Oh, all right. Well, don't post it yet. We'll figure it out during the break, Richie. Here, here we can do this. Hey, Sorry, Tim. This is just derailing the whole show. How I wish I hadn't opened this email. I could have just clicked delete. Who are you forwarding it to? To me. Okay, but don't post it until we talk about it during the break. Okay. Well, then you send it to me. How do you do it? All right. Why don't you just close it up? All right. Let's let's not do anything right now. Let's well let's let's we'll deal with it during the break. I thought this would be a shorter. Per- I have one more dead person here. Hold on, but I'm not even done talking about deep okay. throat. Okay. I so wish I hadn't opened that email. It's just it's just it's ruined the entire show. It's like you sent it to me and it was even bigger. Yeah. It was bigger. Yeah. Now it's even bigger in your nightmares. It'll be bigger in your dreams tonight, Sarah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So deep throat. So people sort of forget about this, that porn has become more mainstreamed, yet more marginalized. In 2008, we've become such a polarized nation, and I think probably uh, a certain part of the right wing and the moral majority and the Christian movement have become so powerful that you would never be able to show an actual X-rated film in a regular theater. Jesus, I remember all the protests when they tried to show showgirls uh, in Utah. So, I mean, the idea that you'd be able to show, like, a full-on deep throat, you know, the, the, the movie Deep Throat, I mean, that, you'd never be able to do that. Um Yet, by the same token, obviously, porn has gone very mainstream now with people. You know, like uh, Ron Jeremy is a real, you know, is a real star, and Jenna Jameson, and a lot of things. You can get porn everywhere, and hot and cold running smut on the internet. So it's difficult, I think, for people now to realize what a big event Deep Throat was. And Deep Throat with Linda Lovelace and Harry Reams, they showed that in regular theaters. Yeah. My mom and dad went to see Deep Throat, and by the way, if you know my mom and dad, you know how nuts that is. 
I don't think my mom, to be fair, knew what kind of film it was. I think my dad actually just said, hey, honey, we're going to go see this movie everybody's talking about. Uh, and I think he just took my poor mother, who didn't know what she was in for. But my parents went to see Deep Throat, not at a porn theater. And I, I thought it was like a hygiene film. I think, but but I think it was just a cultural event, and I think my dad probably pitched it to her some kind of art film. But in some Kennewick theater, they went to see it, and there were no porn theaters in Kennewick. It showed at a regular movie house. Johnny Carson used to make jokes about going to see Deep Throat. Um, when Deep Throat premiered in Los Angeles, there was an actual red carpet event with like Ed McMahon was there. Um, so it was a big deal. So it's surprising to me that you never saw it, Tim, because it is a big piece of pop uh -huh. culture. Sarah, have you seen Deep Throat, the original? Oh. Quit looking at the screen. You don't want to look at that. No, I have not. Okay. Um, so it's here's the thing about it. It's a bad movie. I mean, even I mean I know it's a porn film, but even as porn films go, it's terrible. Is this coming from the guy who loves showgirls. Mm -hmm. No, but I mean, it just but I mean, is a bad good movie? No, I mean even as porn films go, it's Deep Throat is awful. Um, we I mean, won't be showing at a Lister party. No, I mean, I, although I have to say that I am surprised that some enterprising theater around here hasn't done. A sort of midnight movie showing of Deep Throat because it is again a you know big part of the popular culture. But everybody's got the bad bad seventies mustache, like the Flanders molestache, and all of the women are sort of spotty looking. And look, I understand that you know not everybody's perfect, but I mean in a porn film, presumably the, the, you're going to see people that you want to see naked and people whom will look attractive while engaged in the sexual act. There's none of that in Deep Throat. Everyone in that movie is ugly. I mean, and it's not like. You know, porn now, where like maybe some guy's making a porn film for $5 on the Internet, so of course people are hideous. Or whether it's like some fetish. What do you like? I like to see ugly people humping it out. Deep Throat was a major release, uh, you know, in the in adult cinema, and presumably you're going to see good-looking people in it. There are no good-looking people in that. Um, but uh, there's, a, there's an interesting documentary called Inside Deep Throat that came out a couple years ago that is, uh, leaves a lot of questions unanswered, but... You know, but uh, but certainly addresses some of the things about that film that make it so fascinating. It it also is weird to think that Deep Throat actually had a director, and I mean I know that you know Boogie Nights should have answered a lot of these questions, but it does make you wonder. Just like everybody wonders, well, what does a script, you know, for a porn film look like? What is a director really doing? Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to diminish the art form or the craft or whatever, but I mean, a guy who makes music for a porn film, you can understand what his job is. What is a guy who directs a porn film in charge of? Well, I mean, making a movie itself, there are several different takes from different angles. So whatever... But that would be well, an editor who would do that, though, uh, who would put that together, wouldn't they? Yes, but in the end, but you still have to have those shots from different angles. So well, you're still directing. I mean, even if, it's, even if they're humping, I mean... I guess, like, you're saying, like, more you know, passion. Yeah, more ass. Right. Turn to the... Sarah Dillon saying more ass. <laughs> uh, so I guess... I, I watched this movie called Girl Next Door, where it's... Oh, like, yeah, what? right. Is that good? Mm, yeah, it was pretty decent. All right, okay. Yeah, where she um, you know, becomes a total full-on porn star, and they right. show the people directing her as she's doing it. Interesting. See, what she really wants to do is direct. Can't blame her for that. Of course. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that's true. The, you know, the director could say, yeah, turn this way or turn that way, or, you know, uh, you're not moaning loud enough, or whatever. Uh, so Deep Throat is an awful film. You should see it, though, just so you can say you saw it, because it's it's pretty terrible, but it's kind of hilarious in that way that so much stuff in the 70s are. And, of course, the funny thing about Deep Throat is they really... It really was a big attempt to have a plot. Deep Throat was a big, serious attempt to make a real movie with a real plot that just happened to have lots of sex. And, of course, the plot is ridiculous. The plot, if you don't know the plot of Deep Throat, I can't really describe it too specifically on the air. How do I put, it? How do I put this? The plot of the movie Deep Throat, uh, which is a movie of some cultural significance, which is why we're talking about it here on the news station, um, is that... Um, 
a, uh, I would say, uh, I, I would say a fairly a crucial part of the female anatomy, at least in terms of birthing. No, no, but I would say in terms of perhaps uh, satisfaction. The hair. Yes, exactly, Tim. Uh, that uh, that section uh, somehow on this particular woman who stars in the film, Linda Lovelace, it's not located where it usually is. It's located somewhere else. So it's not on top of her head? It's not on top of her head. Where is it then? Uh, it would be sort of like if your tonsils ended up on your feet, but reversed and not your feet. You know what I'm talking about. Oh. Reverse, but not on your and she goes into the doctor and the, she says, "Why can't I achieve fulfillment?" <laughs> and the doctor says, the, "Really, that is a stupid premise." The doctor says, "The reason you can't uh, fulfill or achieve is because, uh, yes, because uh, it's not where it should be; it's somewhere else." And here's how you can then uh, be fulfilled. And as then a woman. does the dentist show her? Yes, he does. He's kind enough to yeah, he, to help he, her out. Yes. Okay. So, the uh, her insurance covers it. The tagline. <laughs> There was a little copay, but uh, uh, the um, the uh, the tagline for Deep Throat was, "How far will a woman go to untangle her tingle?" That was the tagline. I don't even know what that means in terms of the movie. Anyway, so there you go, the Deep Throat guy. He's dead. Uh, what do we have? Part two here? Oh yeah, former uh, Grateful Dead keyboardist. Name: Merle Sanders died. He too had a stroke, and he was seventy-four. His family paid tribute to the jazz and rock musician, whose favorite instrument was the Hammond B3 organ. His family says, Merle stood for music and love. His smile alone told you that. He was a special man, beautiful companion, father, grandfather, family patriot. He's dead. Uh, at the uh, wake for the uh, Grateful Dead keyboardist Merle Saunders, there will, in fact, be no actual uh, wake or eulogy. There will just be several people standing at uh, the front of the room talking all at the same time, neither of them having to do with uh, what anybody else is saying, and it'll go on for 75 minutes. There you go. Double snuff watch, done. By the way, there is a really ridiculous scene in Deep Throat where the doctor is uh, is inspecting her, and he's an ear, eye, nose, and throat doctor or whatever. And he's got that little flashlight, and he's looking into the back of her throat, and he goes, Well, there it is. It's just ridiculous. That... It's just retarded. So then she goes out to satisfy said need. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And it's just... And again, everybody in the movie is flabby and pale and spotty and stretchy. And I understand that grooming habits were different in many ways. I'm not even talking about that. It's just that everyone in the film is ugly. There's no getting around that. So Even the girl? Even the girl. Linda, oh, Linda Lovelace was not an attractive woman. She really wasn't. And she aged bad. She aged like she had metric aging going on. I mean, it was like aging to the power of nine or something. Uh, a much better film in terms of, of aesthetics is Debbie, of da Debbie Does Dallas. But the, yeah, the Deep Throat is really best viewed as a curiosity only. What are we doing here? Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 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 Hi. Hi. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm with the Rocky Horror Picture Show, actually, uh, the Clinton Street Theater. Ah, yes, the Clinton Street Cabaret. What brings you to the phone today, sir? 
Um, actually, I was uh, asked by our uh, president to actually give you guys a call uh, about uh, the Halloween show we're doing. Really? Um, okay, actually, uh, hold on for just one second, if you would. All right, I hate to do this to you. Hold on. I think that was actually supposed to be Thursday we're doing that. Richie, can you do me a favor? Talk to Scott there. I think he's on two. Can you talk to Scott? And I think we were supposed to be doing the interview. I'm sorry, Scott. I hate to give you the bums rush, as they say. I think uh, we're supposed to be doing an interview with him because we got a whole bunch of stuff scheduled today. On Thursday, Richie, we're going to be talking about the Rocky Horror Picture Show Clinton Street Cabaret performance, which happens this Friday. We're going to be, um, uh, the station will be there, and we're going to be doing uh, some stuff with that. So, yeah, that sounds could... familiar to me. Wasn't that on another program over the weekend? It's entirely possible, Tim. I believe it's 6.30 on a Sunday morning. Yeah, but it was a different meeting. It wasn't radio. I think it was um, TV, maybe? Honey, the host seemed familiar. That is, that is possible. Yeah, I think I've seen his face before. No, I don't know anything. Uh, Same channel as the Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. And, and now 2 and 0. And now no 2 and 0. And Family Guy. Thank family Guy. Thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, what's up? What's up? Hey, a little piece of Portland history for you. You yeah. were talking about you were surprised that no one has, like, a regular midnight showing of Deep Throat. I'm sorry, what? You were, you were saying a few minutes ago that you were surprised no there isn't a theater that has a regular Well, you know, regular like, at least for, like, a, you know, in terms of, again, because not that it's a good film, and you'd probably get a little flack from the community for it, but just as in terms of an interesting cultural artifact, I'm surprised that somebody hasn't shown well, Deep Throat or Behind the Green Door or one of those movies. Right. Well, when I, you know, 20 years ago, the Aladdin Theater at Milwaukee and Powell used to be an adult theater. Really? And when I was a kid, I was always told that they had a, they, for years, like for 20 or 30 years, they showed Deep Throat at that theater. Interesting. So it was sort of like but, the Rocky Horror of the porn world. Yeah, what I'm kind of, yeah, what I'm kind of curious is if anybody can confirm that, whether the, when the Aladdin Theater, when it was an adult theater, did regularly show Deep Throat. And it, but all, now, do we know for a fact that the Aladdin was a porn theater? It was a porn theater. I grew up in that neighborhood, and it said all adult features... You know, so yeah. those are the days. Um, all right, maybe. Well, I'm. You know, we put it out there. Somebody will undoubtedly tell us about that. All right, yeah, thank you, it. sir. There you go. All right, fantastic. Um, you could do a whole series. You could do uh, Deep Throat, Behind the Green Door, Devil and Miss Jones, Debbie Does Dallas. Seems like there ought to be one more. You'd need five. It's a fifth one. What's a fifth one that sort of like is some sort of culturally significant porn? But oh, you do like a like a John Holmes film. Mm. You know. All right. Well, well, you look. Or Caligula. This, see, there you go. See, the, the, that is a bygone time, though, you know, because Caligula was an actual, that was a big budget film with Malcolm McDowell or somebody in yeah. that, and then there's all this humping. Uh, so, uh, you know, you don't, you don't really do that anymore. I think porn has been, again, it's, it's, it's been marginalized into a certain niche, but that niche goes a lot deeper than it used to. So, you know, there's no need, I guess, to show it in theaters. And plus, let's be honest, it's probably be awkward sitting in a big room with, you know, like 300 other people watching a porn film. That'd be a little... Look, I didn't even look. I was awkward watching the movie Lolita in a theater, and there's you know not even actually. awkward watching showgirls in a room full of people. Like you the, think because of the sex scene where she's flopping around. Not just that one, but uh, I I don't think I've ever fully seen that entire movie until you gave me the movie. Showgirls? You've never seen it all the way through. I think I might have just seen like Why? partially edited showgirls because there were some scenes in there that I did not remember. There's, there's not a lot of uh... like the scene where um well the lap dance scene first of all. Is that where, uh, oh, with Kyle MacLachlan? Yeah, and, yeah. and Gina Gershon. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah. I don't remember that one being that aggressive. And then the one where she's dancing with the dude and the thing, and she's like, yeah. no, I can't have, right, you know, yes. because of that. And then... Uh, There's a scene where her feminine uh, cycle is right. That was so wrong. I'm yeah. watching this. I'm like, this is really the happening The magic right of now. Joe Estra. I paid $4 million for that script. Oh. Uh, the, you know, I saw Showgirls in the theater when it opened. Uh, opening weekend, I was one of, like, nine people there. It just bombed horribly. And it was the NC-17 uncut version, so all that was in the theater, which is weird. So yeah, yeah it was pretty vulgar. And I was watching it with my friend Jessica, and we were both kind of like, yeah. That lap dance sequence is a little explicit. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, it's very, very explicit. Really, and just one final thing, and we'll resume the news because we got like two stories today because of this photo and 
deep throat and so forth. Um, yeah, I saw Lauren. I saw the Adrian Line version of Lolita uh, in 1998. I think is when that came out. Showtime uh, Pictures. It was a theatrical release, but it was Showtime Pictures that made it. It was Adrian Line. Who's the guy <laughs> that played William Paley? Frank Langella. Yes. Let's walk carefully through these next few moments. He's in it, and and, uh, and what's her name? Dominique Swain from Face Off is in it. And I mean, obviously, Lolita is a classic story, and it's you know it's a hallmark of uh, of literature and so forth. And there's the Stanley Kubrick version of Lolita from '68, I think. But man, I got to tell you, watching that Adrian Lyne version of Lolita in the theater was so unbelievably awkward. I mean, it was one of the most awkward. I mean, I'm glad I've said it's a great film. It really is, but it's just really one of the most awkward movie-going experiences. Maybe the most awkward movie-going experience of my life. I was so incredibly uncomfortable to watch Lolita. Uh, in a theater with other people, even though you know you're all adults and you're all you all know that it's. I mean, you know, it sounds so corny, but it is art. I mean, it's you know, it's, it's obviously you know, it's a, you know, a very important piece of literature that's been made into movies a couple times now. But it's just because of the subject matter, and because of the way it was shot, and because Dominique Swain was you know obviously positioned very much as a sexual object in that film. She's only like 14. It was just very, very weird to watch it. Anyway, I'm done. All right, here's Tim Riley. What were we doing? God, I don't know. I'm still trying to scrub this horrible picture take a out of my break head. And... I, I do have some good news. Ooh, yes. Stocks skyrocketed on Wall Street this afternoon with the Dow Jones Industrials up more than 900 points at the closing bell. You know, I didn't think there was any good news out there, but Tim, as always, you put your finger on it. Darn right. Okay. Let's do one more, then we'll take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll reset Tim, and I swear to God, we'll get to some actual news. You're going to reset me. What? Oh, I thought you said you're going to reset me. You said we're going to reset Tim. Yeah, I'm going to need a paperclip. In the prostitute beat car. <laughs> well, let's see. What can we find here? Uh, the family of one of the two suspects accused of plotting to decapitate black people and assassinate Barack Obama said today the teen disliked blacks and considered himself part of a master race. But they doubt he was serious. Paul Schlesselman, who was 18, also dropped out of high school, was looking for work. Schlesselman? Schlesselman. And he was a neo-Nazi. Yeah. Uh-huh. They believed he was in Texas. Self-hating. <coughs> they, see the, uh, they took his computer and notebook of drawings. He just believes he's the master race, says his sister. Adding that she would often argue with him about his racial beliefs, he would say things like, white power, and see Kyle, and Heil Hitler. But she and her father, Mike, both said they don't believe he's capable of carrying out an attack. It's just a lot of talk. He would never do anything like that. Heil Hitler. Schlosselman oh, was charged along with Daniel Cowart of Bell, Tennessee, with planning the spree. They described the two as white supremacists who met on the Internet. Hold on a second. Heil Hitler. I barely knew her. All right. So it's just him and one other guy? Yeah, they are two neo-Nazi skinheads. Idiots. Uh, I mean, I guess we should be glad, and we often say this, that criminals are so dumb, mm -hmm. because it's like that runoff drain in the sink. You know, it can't overflow because it takes care of itself. So they were planning to kill 88 people and behead 14 of them. Uh, I will tell you that and they expected to die in the attack. Well, I mean, they're obviously just. This is why you know the, the story broke yesterday. Yes. And we didn't. You know, I know Lyke has talked about it for a whole hour, and he basically used it as a jumping-off point to discuss people's feelings about Barack Obama and do people have racial reservations about this? And really, just boy, you know, and you forget how many just just backward-ass nutcases are out there. Lycus kind of threw up the... This is what the kind of show he's so good at. He just threw up on the phones, and he, he I forget how he set it up, but he was basically like, you know, do you have a problem? With a non-white presidential candidate, mm -hmm. and you know, and of course, you know, most people are like, you know, whatever, or you know, they have some, you know, some kind of concern about it. But then occasionally, you know, he got a handful of people called yesterday that you just, 
you know, it's like they're calling right from an outhouse with a moon-shaped opening in the door. Where they're, mm-hmm. Tom, I, I don't take to none of them non-whites running for, you know, and it's just like you can just hear the one-tooth banjo plucker in the background. Um, but, and it's a mark of how stupid these guys are. And this is why we didn't talk about it a whole lot yesterday, because this plot was revealed during the show. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not trying to downplay or make light of this or to diminish, obviously, the very real threat that Barack Obama probably does face in some way. Because there are, you know, there's a whole bunch of backwaters in this country where people haven't even stepped into, you know, the late 19th century. And I would imagine security around Barack Obama is just the, the highest and the tightest it's been for any candidate for a presidency ever, ever, ever. More for Clinton, more for Reagan, more than for Ferraro, more than for Hillary Clinton. Um, you know, more, more than it was for LBJ after Kennedy. I mean, I would imagine that Barack Obama is surrounded by about 55 guys that will kill you if you get within 100 yards. And you look at them wrong. They will kill you if you give them even the slightest reason to do it. Um, and so, anyway, so the reason we didn't really talk about a whole lot yesterday is because you almost hate to give these guys any more press because they're obviously just just jackasses. I mean, they're obviously just incompetent boobs. Wasn't part of their their alleged like plot that they were going to start killing a whole bunch of other people and then they were going to work their way up to Barack Obama as yes. a finale? Mm-hmm. Like Barack Obama is like the final boss in a video game level or something? What is that in the Legend of... What is it? Is it the Zelda? What is the Krupa King, Sarah? What video game has the, like, Krupa King oh, guy? King Koopa? King Koopa? What video game is I think that? I Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers, like the end... So that was their whole thing. Like, they were going to go through a whole bunch of earlier, like, qualifying stages before finishing with Barack Obama. I mean, so they're obviously, like... Obviously, don't have three brain cells to rub together like between the two of them. Um, and the only reason anybody, I mean, you know, the, 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 the neo Nazis and guys like that, they're sort of like the Klan at this point. Where I know the Klan really wants us to think that they're like terrifying and scary, and the Klan really wants to seem like powerful and mysterious. And you know what? Your men uh, wearing basically underwear and sheets and bedding. I mean, that's really what it is. You're a guy. You're in the Klan. You're a man in a dress. Call it what it is, and not a very stylish one at that. So, you know, the organizations like that are just so bent on trying to seem sort of like spooky and mysterious, and they're kind of scary, and they're and they're really they're, they're just jackasses. And the only reason that anybody ever at all pays any attention to people like neo Nazi types is because of those. Uh, those uh, those uh, those nitwits from uh, Medellin Falls, the Order, those guys who uh, killed Alan Berg. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That was 24 years ago, by the way. Um, 24 years ago, and I, I mean, attacking a guy who, as the prosecutor said, uh, was only armed with a lit cigarette. The idea that some uh, just the boob of a racist nitwit from where are they? Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Tennessee. Was it not? Am I making this up, or was it part of the story that they were going to do this while wearing a top hat and tails? Is that in the story? I read that somewhere yesterday. Say, I didn't see it in this part of the story. They had this, it may be. They had this whole wrinkle plan where they were going to do it while wearing a top hat. So, I mean, one really can't take them too seriously. It's, uh, we are best served by just, uh, by just looking away. So pay no attention to the racist morons. Let's take a break. We'll come uh, back after this. We'll reset. News from Tim Riley around the corner. We're going to see if we can get this horrible photo posted during the break without actually having to look at it. Jesus. What else? Dorothy, uh, not Dorothy Carcassari, Nina Parker from TMZ.com will join us later on. Jim Roop, today's top five, top five rock songs from a horror film and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show.
the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Still to come today, Nina Parker from TMZ.com. Later on, Jim Rupe will do the top five rock songs from a horror film today. Top five rock songs from a horror film. It's actually seven. We got the five and then two honorable mentions. I couldn't cut any further. I went from only having three to having seven. So not enough to do two two top fives, but but I mean too many to, to just hold it to five. So uh, that's coming up. We'll do another exit poll today. By the way, this just in: some guy named Tim voted for me for mayor of Gresham. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. Hey, Rick Emerson, appreciate your vote. Uh, well, then you know you'd have to live in Gresham. Yeah, well, you know, but I mean, you know, those are the trade-offs one makes for power. By the way, we have here confirmation. This, uh, I mean, this is some guy, but this guy says the Aladdin did show deep throat for 14 years straight. So, uh, all right, uh, all right. Uh, well, this one says, Rick, yes, the Aladdin was home to deep throat for over a decade. Uh, the marquee would be updated each year to show how many consecutive years deep throat had played at the Aladdin. Um, I can clearly say I remember the marquee in the mid-80s stating now in its 12th year, Deep Throat. So there you go. So it did play there for, for at least a decade. We now know that. Uh, we will resume the news with Tim Riley here in just one moment. Let me just say, A, if you're listening to us on the stream, howdy. Uh, apparently we are back. Apparently Hello. things are rolling once again. Also, uh, you have to click on a link to see it, but that photo is now on my blog. So there you go. And I don't ever want to see it again. I suffered through kind of glimpsing it long enough to get it posted. You go to Rick no, I've already Emerson. deleted it out of my inbox. I don't even want it in my inbox. Oh, I got to delete it from my desktop so I can't accidentally see it ever. Uh, so you go to rickemerson.com. Rickemerson.com. It is the most recent blog entry that I think the title is just why, 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 uh, and so forth. So you can thank listener Autumn for that. Thanks so much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are the enemy of all mankind now, Autumn. Uh, this is Tim Riley. And now, now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. I'm going to do some news. That's what I'm going to do. I have a whole snack of it here. I'm sorry, Tim. We've gotten to very little news today. That's okay. Please forgive me. We're getting to it right now. Okay. Senator Obama is running to be redistributionist in chief. How's anybody going to remember that? That's from uh, John McCain. That seems unwieldy to put on a business card, Tim. Once again, Senator Obama is running to be redistributionist-in-chief. That's what John McCain says. I think John McCain might now be writing his own speeches. He may have laid off the guy that was trying to craft some words for him, because that's clunky. It is. He's more interested in controlling wealth than creating it. In redistributing money instead of spreading opportunity. I'm going to create wealth for all Americans by creating opportunity. That's like that. I'm going to create wealth for all Americans. As soon as I take care of these bunions. Doesn't he sound like a, just a just kind of a cranky, mm-hmm. out-of-touch old guy? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he is. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But I'm saying that the American people really respond to the way you sound, either either for good or for bad, which is why Don Draper can say anything and sound like a badass. John McCain could, uh, you know, John McCain could be over there saying that he's come up with a cure for leprosy or whatever, and it doesn't, it, he just sounds really sort of uh, like a snarly, unlikable old guy. He could still win. Mm-hmm. Don't underestimate America. Were you just reading that off the page? No. Or is that your estimation? My estimation. Well, it's possible. He jokes about Barack Obama's half hour of television for 8 p.m. tomorrow. Oh, that's 8 p.m. Eastern time, by the way. So that means it's 5 o'clock for us, doesn't it? It'll proceed a possible Game 6 in the world to actually be Game 5 because Game uh, 5 was postponed today. He's planned his first address to the nation before the election. By the way, no one will delay the World Series game with an infomercial when I'm president. 
Really? That's either brilliant or terrible. I mean, I guess maybe in a certain slice of America, that probably plays pretty well. He's kind of going for those big, all-encompassing, sweeping um, words now. He's like, make everyone rich. Redistributionist in chief. Yeah. That's a a phrase that should have evolved a few. That should have been polished uh, three or four times. Carl Rove is not involved in this. No. I wonder where Carl Rove is right now. I wonder if he's just sitting at home drunk watching the television and just being glad he doesn't have to have any part of this. Uh, I do feel, this is just my read on it, I do feel that probably any number of people who are sort of movers and shakers or players or strategists for the GOP, it would be my estimation that they have quietly uh, pulled up stakes, folded up their tents, and stolen away into the night. And they've said to themselves, look, uh, we'll take this again in 2016. Let's not let's not expend any more energy here. But who's to say? Mm-hmm. So Joe Biden gave uh, John McCain some advice about picking out a Halloween costume. Oh, boy, this isn't going to be this is this will be great. He said the Republican presidential nominee shouldn't pick an agent of change outfit. I know Halloween is coming. I know Halloween. But John McCain dressed up as an agent of change. That costume just doesn't fit, folks. It doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. Who has agent of change costumes available? I don't know. Are they sold out? Did you see that story yesterday that, although it had already changed by yesterday afternoon... There was a story yesterday that if you went to Amazon.com mm-hmm. and typed in terrorist costume, you got a Barack Obama mask. But then by the end of the day, if you typed in terrorist costume, you got a John McCain mask. So somebody's clearly having a little fun with the meta tags at Amazon. All right. Barack Obama takes the opportunity to take a slam at Joe the Plumber. If you make less than a quarter million dollars a year, and that includes, by the way, 98% of small businesses and 99.9% of plumbers. <laughs> You will not see your taxes increase one single dime. You know, I'm sort of torn on on one of uh, this $250,000 figure as it relates to strategy. Because the deal is that Obama, he's out there saying, look, if you make less than two hundred and fifty grand a year, mm-hmm. your taxes are going to go down. Right. If you make over two hundred and fifty grand a year, your taxes are going to go up. And that's Obama's thing. McCain, on the other hand, is saying... We shouldn't be raising the taxes on people who make, you know, lots of money. If, you, if you're rich, you should deserve to keep it, and you shouldn't get taxed more. So McCain is basically angling that all Americans, even if they aren't living the American dream now, or even if they don't really stand a chance of doing it, that everybody in America likes to think that they're going to be rich someday, and they don't want to vote against their future self-interest. That's sort of McCain's take. Would you, uh, would you agree? Yes. So I was talking to my wife about this, though, and... I wonder how effective that is, because my wife is pointing out, here, I'll just say, here's my wife said. My wife was watching um, John McCain talk and swearing, as she often does. And McCain said, my fellow Americans, we shouldn't be taxing anybody more, even those who make above. If you make above $250,000 a year, you should get to keep it. And my wife, while drinking, just said, she just said, F them. She's like, F you if you make over a quarter million dollars a year. Pay more taxes. And then she just, like, went into the kitchen and, I don't know, refilled her glass or something. But so I don't really know that that's a winning strategy. I think a lot of Americans don't care if they tax a guy more for making more than a quarter million. I think a lot of people think if you're lucky enough to make a quarter million a year, you know what? If taxes come with that, shut up. But see, that's the carrot they dangle in front of you. You may have the chance to make $250,000 a year. Until that happens, keep using your credit cards. Yeah. Maybe. I uh, I think that... Much I, more American. That, I think, might play well with younger voters, but I think... I mean, I think you get to a certain age, probably, in this country, and you realize you're not going to be making half a million dollars a year. You, just, I mean, short of winning the Powerball, 
uh, or getting interesting blackmail photographs of Warren Buffett, you're just not going to be making a quarter million dollars a year. So I think, I think probably there's a great number of people in this country over the age of, I don't know, 35, 40, who are absolutely fine with taxing people who make a quarter million dollars a year a lot more. They don't care. It doesn't affect them. So I don't know that that's such a winning strategy for McCain. I guess we'll see next uh, next Tuesday. Uh, Barack Obama's asked who he thinks is going to win. You know, they, they are trying to throw everything at the book. And they are trying to throw everything at me in these last seven days. But you know what? It's not going to work. Not this time. Not now. So back to this uh, white supremacist story. We have a little sound here. Let's talk to some people uh, from the South and what they think about these uh, two kids being caught for their plan to assassinate Barack Obama and raise all kinds of havoc in the uh, southern states. You would think in these times and day and ages that we get over these kind of differences, but, I mean, it goes to show you how small-minded people still think in a small-minded thought. Uh, Maryland resident Terry is shocked. I'm terrified. I'm absolutely terrified. A series of ads for a new video game are sparking controversy in the nation's capital and elsewhere. There's a series of posters showing images of the District of Columbia under attack. Under one ad for Fallout 3, which is to be released at midnight, it shows a bombed-out Capitol building. Another feature is a crumbling Washington monument. Washingtonians weigh in. I think there's a fine line, and I think that crosses it, especially in the time we live. Some say it's bad taste. Well, is that the Capitol that's bombed? Uh, that's not good. That, that's not a good image. It reminds me of 9-11. Whatever. When a uh, Paris, Kentucky chicken restaurant employee found her boss lying in a pool of blood, she ran screaming for the restaurant and called police. The scenario was set up by Joe Watkins as a Halloween prank at his co-workers at the chicken ranch restaurant. Watkins said he was calling the women's cell phone to tell her it was a prank, but she didn't answer. He said he also called police to tell them it was a gag. Well, they came anyway and charged Watkins with making a false report. So much for Joe, the chicken restaurant manager. Police learned something during a frenetic burglary call to an elderly couple's home. Tasers don't work on raccoons. Dallas police arrived with guns drawn after receiving a 9-11 call from an 85-year-old man who heard noises. Officers surrounded the house. But pretty quickly, in the words of one police report, determined the suspect was a raccoon. In the meantime, the masked burglar apparently made its way into the house through the chimney. That's when things got interesting. With officers in hot pursuit, the raccoon took off throughout the house, ripping up Venetian blinds, pulling down drapes, knocking over a lamp, toppling a flower pot. Finally, Officer Daniel Eck tried to let it out the back door when the suspect apparently turned threatening. While unlocking the back door, the suspect ran at Officer Eck. Officer Eck used his taser, but the raccoon ran up the chimney with a stun gun prongs in its back. An animal control officer unsuccessfully tried to flush it out with ammonia, Homeowner Bill Hyde is still stunned. A neighbor helped secure the front of the fireplace to keep the raccoon from returning. The next morning, when the neighbor returned for uh, to put a cap on the chimney, the raccoon escaped. He got away clean. The kill again. So the raccoon actually escaped, scampered up the inside of the chimney? Uh-huh. That's the kind of stuff that freaks me out, man. When animals climb things, it doesn't seem like they should be able to climb. Like cars? Like cars, like a mouse getting... Hey, whatever happened to the rat in your car? I don't know. All right. Um, but... Yeah, but there's the cat um, who lives above me who will scale the wall of my apartment every day. See, that's freaky. It's weird. Why don't you like the cat in the car until it gets the mouse? See, we suggested yeah. that. We suggested having a cat and just, just stick it in the trunk of your car. I think the mouse is between the back seat and the trunk, though, so I don't think the cat will be able to get there. 
Oh no, the cats are cats are the you know they're they're uh, they're savvy about that sort of thing. Hmm. But I mean, I can see a raccoon being able to. Can raccoons climb trees? I think they I'm can, sure. right? They got claws. Because isn't that the thing in where the red fern grows, where the raccoon gets up in a tree and then uh, the dogs stand around the base of the tree and the kid has to like he he sets up a tent or whatever and he has to wait the raccoon out. There's like the it's like the ancient raccoon that everybody's been hunting or whatever. Well, some animals will go wild once they're in the house. That's like, I cool. remember a friend of mine, a squirrel came in through the window and raised havoc with his Christmas tree. Really? Yeah, pulled all the decorations off, threw them on the floor, knocked over the tree, ran through the house, finally he caught it. I like the idea of, of the animals who create a disproportionate amount of damage. Uh-huh. In other words, it's not, you know, a squirrel, which comes in and just lays waste to the interior of your house. That's, that's satisfying somehow. Um, oh, by the way, speaking of animals laying waste to things, and some of them not being too bright, so... Just in case this should become an issue in the future. In case I ever come in here, like, I don't know, in the next weeks or months and announce that my new dog is dead. Um, just just know that that may happen because the dog uh, apparently has this real fascination with chewing on electrical cables. So, you know, Uh-oh. that may sort itself out somewhere in the future. I'm sort of zen with that. We've tried to do what we can to, to tape them down and get them so he can't get at them. Does he get through the tape? Uh, he and, and he does find if there's any little any little section of the power cord or electrical, you know, wiring that we've neglected or that we missed, he finds it and just and just begins chewing on it. I noticed this, by the way, when I was sitting at my desk in my home office, and I have the ant, uh, you know, the the ant farm, and the ant farm is illuminated. There's a little power cable that goes into the back and goes down to the wall, and it's not much so much of an issue now because the ants have all gone off to ant heaven, so they don't really need the light. But I just had it still turned on, and I was sitting there typing away, and all of a sudden, bing, the little light goes off, and I looked up and I thought. That's weird. Why did the ant farm light go off? And I looked down, and there's Philo. And he hadn't, like, penetrated into the cable. Uh, he had just chewed on it enough that he'd given it a short, and it had gone out. So I'm just saying, he does seem to be uh, kind of in a hurry to get back to the loving arms of Jesus. Hmm. Let's do one more, and then we'll talk to Nina Parker at TMC. News for the ladies. Red may be the color of love for one good reason. It makes guys feel more amorous toward women. This from a new study. In the study released today, the shirt of a woman in a photo is digitally colored red or blue. There were questioned not only about their attraction to the women, but about how they would plan a hypothetical date. For example, one question is, imagine you're going on a date with this lady, have $100 in your wallet, would you be willing to spend it on the date? Well, in all the experiments, women shown uh, framed or wearing red were rated significantly more attractive and sexually desirable by men than the woman wearing other colors. When wearing red, women are more likely to be treated to a more expensive outing. Well, because if a woman wears a lot of red, you know she probably puts out. I mean, that's the thing, right? Lots yeah. and lots of red. Is, would you agree, Sarah, that a woman who wears lots of red, especially a very pronounced kind of red, that's kind of a little trashy indicator. Not always, but I would say sometimes. I don't know. I've never really noticed. I mean, maybe Plus, I'm wrong about that. Plus, Southeast just wear black. Well, that's true. Yeah. So, I mean, cutters wear black, too. I'm just, uh, you know, but if you see a girl who's wearing some fire engine red dress... You figure that's a girl who's probably kind of easy. I mean, maybe that's a, maybe I mean it's not an accurate assessment, but I think it's that's how guys think anyway. In other words, it may not be true, but guys believe it to be true. Just like if you have a red car, you might not speed more, but cops assume that you do. So maybe women who wear a lot of red uh, aren't uh, you know like sort of sluttier, but I think guys that is the assumption. Like if a girl's wearing really really bright red lipstick, I mean guys just automatically assume you're you know you're the town pump or whatever. Yeah, it's like if they wore white lipstick, they wouldn't pay any attention now, would they? No. 
No, you would be a member of Susie and the Banshees, though. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from TMZ.com, uh, our good friend Nina Parker. Hello, Nina. How are you? Today? Hi, how are you? I am fantastic. Big plans for your Halloween? Um, well, I will make sure not to wear any red lipstick. Other than that, I'm not sure yet. I'm just saying. It's just my <laughs> assessment as a man trying to make his way in this uh, in this crazy world of ours. <laughs> We'll see. All right, we got uh, so a couple things happening. First of all, I mean, you know, on a, on a serious note, so uh, the stuff in this Jennifer Hudson case is, uh, I, mean, I guess they got, they haven't, have they, have they arrested somebody? They have a suspect, or what? What is the latest in that? formal arrest right now. Um, what they're doing is they're holding William, who is her brother-in-law, William Balfour, they're holding him and basically saying that he is on a parole violation, so that's why he's still in custody, but he is, sources tell us that he is the main suspect, and in this kind of twist of events, we also just put up a post on our website about Julia Hudson, who is Jennifer's sister, who just updated her MySpace page, um, basically talking about her loss of her brother, her right. son, and her mother, so it's just a really strange, twisted, and very sad situation. Uh, a lot of different twists and turns every time we, uh, you know, speak to law enforcement. So, um, you know, expect more from the story because it's uh, unfolding in a really wild manner. I'm, I'm looking at this guy. This is uh, William Balfour, I guess. Yeah, yes. the, the person of interest. And I guess his his dad is in prison for murder. His brother uh, served time for drug deal. He sounds like a real winner, by the way. You can tell, uh, according to court documents. Balfour, this is the person of interest in the Jennifer Hudson case, told a judge back in 1999, I'm quoting here, he had a good relationship with his mother until she gets an attitude. <laughs> right. Yeah, he seems like a real prize. So he, uh, he, I don't know if he was supposedly had left prison uh, in 06 as a changed man. That obviously, you know, didn't happen. Mm. He hasn't been charged yet, but it doesn't look too good for this guy. And I guess, uh, you know, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here, but it, there's no, I mean, there hasn't been any, any discussion about the, the motive or what might have led to this, right? I mean, there's well, no... There has been of motives, although it's it's still speculation, but apparently there were some problems with the car that he shared with Jennifer Hudson's sister Julia. Apparently he sold it without her permission, and there was a, a big family confrontation about him selling this vehicle um, because she was, didn't have a way to get to work, and a fight ensued in the house that spilled into the street, and apparently um, there were neighbors that overheard him mm. threaten the family, the lives of the mother and the whole family, basically. Uh, uh, all right. Um, well, on a somewhat uh, lighter note here, so we have... Uh, I don't know, maybe I speak for just myself here, but it, it, it seems to me that every time I see Jennifer Aniston, I mean, I know Jennifer Aniston is rich and famous or whatever, but she never looks happy. Every time I see Jennifer Aniston, even if she's out with some guy or she's out on the town, she always just seems like somebody just ran over her cat. You know what I mean? She never seems happy. So there's this thing of her out on the town with John Mayer, so I guess that seems to be working out well or whatever. But yeah. She, she always she seems a... fairly despondent. She has a reason to be happy. She's she's back with her man, but uh, you know they were out in Hollywood, and we caught had some video of them, you know, walking out of a restaurant, and she just doesn't seem happy. Now it could just be because cameras are there, uh, but they're everywhere at this point, but because they're kind of the hottest relationship, right. you know, brewing relationship in Hollywood right now. So she's either not used to it, or maybe they're uh, not as happy as everyone thinks. We're not quite sure. So. And then finally today, uh, I haven't actually. I've all I've seen is the description of this. I watched the video, but. From what I've read here, apparently there's something where Ben Affleck is at LAX, and I guess there's somebody who has no idea who he is. Is that true? That is true. <laughs> was, uh, you know, he went through LAX, and just like everyone else, he had to go through security. But the security agent didn't know who he was. But the funny <laughs> thing is, the security agent knew who Matt Damon was. That's so. <laughs> fantastic. A, is that how he tried? When, when she didn't recognize Ben Affleck, is that how he, No, no, no. You may have seen I'm, I stand next to Matt Damon sometimes. Come on. Right. <laughs> Excellent. That's what he should have said. So, I mean, it's really funny video, and it's like, how do you, how do you not 
can associate the two of them together is beyond me. But she didn't know who he was, and he, you know, had to show his ID and go through it just like everyone else. The so. look on his face is priceless. To the look on Ben Affleck's face here, is it sort of like a, I'm going to put her on a list. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Nina Parker from TMZ, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Thank you. Right, there you go. Nina Parker, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Tim Riley. Well, hello. All right. Shall we break and then uh, have more news? Or are you going to go prepare more news? What would you like to do? Tip the world is your oyster. I'm going to prepare more news, and then I'll be back a little bit later. All right. We'll come back with Dr. Jim Roop in Los Angeles. Uh, we'll do an uh, exit poll for today. We will do our election exit poll. Might get a chance to talk about bad Halloween treats later on. Tim Riley and the top five rock songs from a horror film. Stay there. Yes, it is. Response to the uh, photograph at rickemerson.com. Things like this. I bet that guy has trouble picking his nose. Mm. To things like this. Why, 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 why? What is up with that? I just threw up. I'm scarred for life. It's almost worse than two girls, one cup. Please kill me now. All right. Uh, how about this one? Rick, about that photograph. Why? They all just said this. Why, why, why? It wasn't too bad to look at it first. And then you, then your eyes kind of settle. Yeah. But I kept looking at it, and now it's turning my stomach. Thanks so much. Uh, you're welcome, sir. Uh, all right. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, coming up here in a few, we'll do today's exit poll. Find out everybody's voting in the uh, presidential election. Later on, more news with Tim Riley. And we'll do uh, today's top five. Top five uh, rock songs from a horror film honor of Halloween. Let's welcome now to the radio show. Seeing a radio correspondent, James Roop. Hello, sir. And a very good afternoon to you. How are you, brother? What's up? Not much. Ah, uh, all right. It's kind so of slow these days. What's that? It's kind of slow these days. Well, it's all relative, I guess. This is my wife and I were talking about this last night, and uh, because you know, CNN is just on in our house all the time now. I mean, just. Uh, it's just always taping. The TiVo's always recording something from CNN. You know, because we we do that at the Election Center with Campbell Brown, and then we do the AC360. And I can't, God love Larry King. You know, he's really successful in a difficult industry, and you know he's a legend and so forth. I can't bring myself to watch too much of Larry King's show because I know I'm just officially monologuing now. But the great thing that CNN, both radio and TV, have really done is that CNN, especially television, CNN television has really risen above the sort of divisive fray by not having a lot of those shows where people are just yelling at each other. I mean, CNN has really tried to, you know, get people who maybe come from a partisan background, but who are still just giving their objective analysis. But the Larry King show is the one place where it's still just a bunch of people yelling at each other. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's James Carville and Michelle Bachman screaming at one another about... You know, blah, 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 socialist, blah, 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 out of touch, blah, 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 Joe the Plumber, blah, 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 you know, whatever, the, the hockey mom. And I, I just, I can't watch it. But um, anyway, so but CNN is always on in our house, and we've just become, I remember in the 2000 and 2004 elections, I got really, really into the political coverage, where I would just go home every night and just wallow in about four hours of TV news about the election. And my wife didn't understand it. Uh, she called it this sort of weird addiction that I had, which I guess is true. This year, though, she totally knows because she's in the addiction with me. Now she's, for her. yeah, it's like I've gotten her out of the junk. 
And so we both, you know, we're like uh, we're like Jennifer Connelly and Jared Leto in Requiem for a Dream. We're just sitting on the sofa mainlining together. So last night we were talking about this, and she said, you know, is it true that the, she said, can it be true that the election's only a week away? Is it really only a week away? And I said, yeah, you know, like next Tuesday, man, it's going to be done. And But may I offer this? Yes. It's still a week away. Well, that see, that's my thing. And we were trying to – and she was talking about how she felt like there was a strange mood just in the last day or two. And I, I said, you know, it's not even really the calm before the storm, but it is like several mini storms before the storm. It's like everybody is finishing up their last round of attack ads, last round of mudslinging. Uh, you know, it, 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 it is sort of like you're doing your final backstage rituals before you go out into the ring for the fight. Um, and everybody's sort of, you know, tie, lacing up their shoes and taping up their hands and, you know, getting ready to go out there and, and you know, and, and, and just and really throw it down. And yeah, you know, it's weird. It feels, you know, it feels like it feels like closing arguments. That's exactly that, that's exactly right. Right before, the, you know, the jury goes into the room, that's you know, exactly and, what it feels like. Yeah. I mean, we're we are really we're wrapping up, you know, we are wrapping up the overture. Uh, and, 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 you know, and getting ready to really go in and, and just, uh, you know, and as Pat Buchanan said, uh, divide up the house. So anyway, I, um, and, and I know in California, I mean, the, you know, the demographics in California are obviously different than they are in other, you know, in other places. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's, first of all, are the candidates even dumb question? Are they in California? Have they gone there or is that, is it hey, sort of considered they haven't the, been here? I think since, um, gosh, the summer, maybe. I can't remember the last time uh, they they came through here. And so they just get sort of surrogates, you know, to uh, you know to, to go to, to you know to kind of canvas. Oh, wait a minute, turn, no, turn maybe it was a month ago or a month or two ago. Maybe they were both here quickly, for, like for a day for a fundraiser. Right, or something. right. Um, but there was no real campaigning in here. Because I guess the uh, you know one of the real things now is maybe not so much campaigning, but trying to get out the vote, right? They're trying to well, make sure that people go out. I mean. All over the country, especially Obama, he's got this army of people even just knocking doors. Right. You know, it, it, well, I can't say all over the country. Just in the in the, in the big states like Florida, where uh, all the, the electoral votes are, are huge and all of that. You know, um, but it, you know, it's it's a big push. We talked about this yesterday with the Latino voters. You know, and uh, trying to get them all geared up and ready to go and educated enough to get into the polls and make their vote. This thing started a year ago when they tried to make uh, tried to get eligible uh, immigrants to become citizens. Right. And they were going to take those new citizens and register them to vote, and they're going to put them through this education process and then throw them behind the curtain and see what they do. Here's a, here's an interesting question because uh, you know, and you can obviously speak to a lot of the you know the, the demographics of, of California. Um, so on the one hand, I got a question inside a question actually. On the one hand. Um, you know, it seems like there's a lot of, you know, in the Latino community, a lot of support for Obama. Um, it, on the other hand, I know that McCain position and the GOP, they always position themselves so strongly, you know, whether whether people think it's true or not. They, the, the, the GOP positions themselves so much as like the sort of the, the party of family and values. And obviously that's stuff that resonates really strongly uh, in the Latino community. So... I guess my question is: Is it true that though that that there really is a you know that Barack Obama seems to be uh, polling much better than the GOP in Latino communities, and and then as an adjunct to that, what was behind all you know because Hillary was just cleaning Obama's clock in the, in the you know in the Latin blood for a long time, and that was a thing I could never really figure out. 
Um, I, I couldn't figure out why she had such an exceptionally sh- uh, strong showing with Latino voters. So I got to—I just threw a bunch of questions at you. But where are they sort of leaning right now, and and what had made them so attracted to Hillary? Well, I, I think with Hillary, it was uh, Bill Clinton's uh, history with immigration um, and, and his open door policy, right. if you will, as far as the border goes. The the thing right now, uh, it, it's it's almost hard to to tell which immigration stance is which because they're both sort of on the same page with uh, trying to control the influx of illegal immigrants because of the strain on health care and education and everything else. Uh, Where they separate, I think, is where the Republicans are more for enforcement of laws and uh, Democrats are more in trying to find a solution to fix what's already here. Um, But a lot, I, I I think we talked about this yesterday, but I spoke with a lot of Latino voters yesterday and there are there are scores of them that believe John McCain is a friend to the Latino community because of he stood up to his party about the immigration thing, right, right. you know. And I mean, he really took a chance in doing that. And but yet it, it may have paid off for him at least in this state. I know there's some sort of sixty thirty split on um, with Obama and McCain as far as the Hispanic vote goes, or at least the polls are saying that. But I think in California it's much tighter than that, much closer than that. At least that's what I found yesterday. How big a difference in the election is the Latino vote going to make? Depends on if they come out. I mean, in 2004, 47%. 16 million were registered. A little more than seven came out mm. to, to vote. So it depends on if they get out there. I mean, everybody's, you know, everybody's talking a good game about you know civic duty and all of this stuff. But it's you know when the when it hits the fan, you know, we're going to see what happens. Right. You right. know, when you when you have to actually walk into that thing. Uh, and, and do your work, who's going to do it? Who's going to take the time to go? Um, and I think, actually, um, it's sort of a, you know, an aside to all of this, I think uh, somebody, James uh, Robinson or somebody who's working here, I guess you would call back yesterday to say that you finally did get an answer from the McCain folks about yes, whether he's going to be there. He, yes, and I felt like an idiot. So did they say flat out he will be there? His campaign manager himself. What's that? Did they say flat out he will be there? He will. A, they just said that his first words were, of course. All right. It's election night in his campaign headquarters. Of well, course, he will be there. Now this is a, this is a weird. You know, I, the, the, it is even referred to. He said, well, "You probably saw the AP right. story." He said, "That's right." False. Well, it is telling, by the way, how it, it is. It is indicative of how strange this election cycle has been. Yeah. That when they said, "Look, McCain might not even go to his own party," it seemed weird, but we were ready to believe that it was true. You know? did, did AP even cite a source to that? You know, I don't know, actually. I don't have the story in front of me. I have to ask Tim about that. I'm, I think it was, you know, the, the same, you know, blah, 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 campaign advisors, inside sources, you know, whatever. So I don't know that they, I don't think they'd cite a named, cited a named source, no. Wow. It's all, uh, you know, but we are, this year we are ready to believe almost anything. Because, there's, I mean, would you have thought, uh, you know, three weeks ago, that just some, uh, you know, some bald, alleged plumber, it was going to be the guy that everybody was, like, tilting the whole election around? No. I mean, you it, know, but it didn't surprise me. He endorsed McCain. I think that I think that's good for McCain. I think a lot of the blue collars who were angry with the media, especially for coming down on him about his, you know, taxes he right. owes or whatever, right. you know, are rallied around this guy and they're going to do what he's going to do. Right. You know, and I just I just saw something that someone just came across the transom here. I guess this is from, uh, as they used to say on the Carson show, from another network. But apparently, I've got this. I'm quoting now from a story. Top advisor in McCain campaign calls Palin a whack job. You know, uh, you know I that's know. this year, man. That is this election in a nutshell. How weird it is. I've heard those stories too, where they're calling her, you know, a diva. out of control and a rogue and a diva, you know, and all of this stuff. And she thinks she could get the, 
get the McCain message out there better than McCain can? And I, I, I'm thinking so. I wouldn't mind electing John McCain and having Barack Obama do all the speeches. You well, know? I, I wouldn't mind that at all. No, exactly. Well, I'll tell you, of, of the four candidates who are running, you know, of Obama and Biden uh, and McCain and Palin, we were actually talking about this the other day about who we thought, you know, really who were the best people, you know, who performed best on television, who were the best people that were out there conveying the speech, giving out the message. And I mean, really, is it is Obama and Palin. There's just no doubt about that. So yeah, even uh, Biden, you know, I saw some stuff from him earlier today. He even seems a little out of control. Yeah, you know, uh, it's well, you know, the thing about Biden is it, Biden really only seems to have two modes. He has gaff mode and dull mode. <laughs> And I wish that I, the Obama campaign probably wishes he'd stick to dull mode because nobody writes about dull. Uh, what they write about is every time he opens his mouth and he says something like, we will be tested with an international crisis, you know, and you picture Obama in a hotel room somewhere going, Jesus, God, turn off his microphone. So, all right, brother, uh, are you on tomorrow? Yes, I am. All right, we'll talk to you then uh, to assess uh, the storm before the storm, before the calm, before the storm again. There you go. So, all right, have a good day, sir. Thank you. All right, there you go. Jesus. All right. And every time I open up my email now, it's somebody going, no, 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 this photo's worse, and it's the same photo. Oh, God. Thanks so much. I'm going to quit opening Maybe you'll be desensitized by, um, you know, about it. You know, and, of course, I'm meeting people in the hallway. Now we're like, it's not scary at all. It's not real. Here's the thing. I know it's probably not real, and I guess Snopes said it's not real. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. It's still disturbing to look at. It's not that. You know what? Uh, I, look, I, the 25-foot shark that takes down the orca isn't real either. So you know, Leatherface isn't real either. Doesn't stop it from being scary. Just knowing something's not real doesn't keep it from being disturbing. Lisa or Wood, looking real. That's, like, yeah. I it mean, looks like that's that's what's going on there. You can see this image at rickemerson.com. Uh, go, please go look at it. Lisa Wood said that it looks like something from a Tool album cover, and I could totally see mm-hmm. that. But, you know, Tool, those guys know creepy images. It's like on the front of the undertow where it's like those weird, the red ribcage hands or whatever. That's not a real, it's just a drawing. It's freaky looking, though. It's unnerving. You watch the video for closer, you know what? Eh, I'm not in that video. The video isn't taking place in my house. It's just a music video for MTV. Freaky as all get out. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if it's real or not. Reagan walking upside down down the stairs in the exorcist isn't real. Keep it from freaking me out. Jesus. So oh, do you want to do the election thing here? Do you want to do the top five next break? Let's do we the... We need to get uh, some news done, too. Uh, we, may, we may have to put some stuff off here. Uh, well, We may have to put off the top five or the, the or whatever. So let's take a break. We'll come back with Tim Riley because uh, we're behind on news. We'll get the, in, the uh, exit poll today. We'll try to get the uh, top five done today. I've got it assembled, though, so we may do it tomorrow. Back after this with Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. Oh, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Do we want to take a call where the description is spider in her pants? Yes. Tim? Well, I think we can all learn something from it. <laughs> okay. I just want to know if she currently has a spider in her pants. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Do you currently have a spider in your pants? No, no, not currently. All right. No, it happened the other night when my uh, honey and I were watching True Blood on TV. Mm-hmm. It was semi-darkness. And when Sarah started telling the story about the mouse in the car, I almost didn't want to call y'all. 
And I said, no, I got to get that image of whatever it is y'all have on that computer out of her mind. Yeah, it's no, it's a bad picture. It's horrible to think about. So anyway, I'm sitting on the couch there, and you know how you just rest your palms on your, your lap? Yes. And I felt this, like, small, like, uh, little lump under my um, my pants. Uh-huh. I mean, kind of stretch pants. They, they weren't the, the denim jeans that don't stretch. They're the kind they do. And I just got this really bad feeling, just horrible. I didn't even want to think. Wait. I just reached for. Hold on, hold on, just one second, actually. Before before you continue with the story, just give me. Uh, I really, I should have anticipated uh, that I would need this. Hold on, uh, just one second here. Uh, I think it'll be a plonking sound. Yeah, there we go. Uh, all right, so you got a really bad feeling. Yeah, I had a really bad feeling. I did not want to go into an, to an, analyze it, you know. So I grabbed the tissue and I just squished it. Between my third finger and my thumb. But it's still underneath I, your pants, between I your pants look, and your skin. Didn't want to know. Right. That's too much information. Didn't want to know. Told oh. honey, I said, honey, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to um, powder my cheek, <laughs> and um, when I come back, I want you to throw these pants out. <laughs> so I, I just took them off. I held my fingers in that that area because I didn't want to see it. Right. And I peeled the pants off. I didn't want to know. It was bad enough. The tissue was wet. Oh. Yeah. So I, I took them off. I threw them in. I told him, I said, just shake these out over the railing, the back railing here. And I almost wanted to cut them off. But anyway, it was the worst god-awful feeling. I still can't get the image out. I washed the pants right away. I feel like cutting them up or, or throwing them You away. should burn them. <laughs> but I just wanted to get past it. I said, no, I will not be defeated. But I'm almost certain, not almost, I'm positive it was a spider. And it was big as a quarter, too. That's what makes it so horrid. I mean, the worst thing is that, like, and, of course, the unseen is so much often worse yeah. than the seen. Yeah, well, at least it wasn't like the flames coming out of my toilet that day. I am that lady that called you about the flaming toilet. <laughs> Maybe you're bad luck somehow. No, no offense. I. The worst, the worst detail in the story, by the way, is the fact that the tissue is wet. That's yeah. the worst. Yes, and there was a, a wet stain on the pants when he took it out. I said, honey, was it wet? Oh. He said, yeah. Oh, man, you know what? Those go right into an acid bath. Oh, what I don't know is why I didn't get bit and how long has it been there because I know I had um, gotten dressed when honey came home from work. I changed clothes. And oh, forth. you can't think of those questions. No, don't think about that. I put no. on something more classy to wear. No, that way lies madness. Don't but think so, about that know, too much. I know I didn't walk around with it, you know, up there in the thigh area, you know, above the knee and, you know, below the, the waistline, you know, all day. You know, I put on something comfortable to watch True Blood with, and that's probably when it was in there. But from now on, I always look in my slacks, my sweats, uh, my stockings, my socks, everything. Portland, I love Portland, but it has way too many spiders. You know, here's the thing. When we got ready, we were debating whether to take this call. Tim said we might all learn something. Improbably enough, we have all learned something learn today. Something. Look inside your pants before yeah. you put them on. Hey, best show ever, right. fellas, and Sarah, too. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Right, there you go. Wow. From the city of spiders. Ladies I had and spider gentlemen. in my sink this morning, too. And we, we there we are go. Go. From the Ministry uh, of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Two men are beaten after mooning a store owner. Dateline Bellingham. Two men face assault charges after they took the line of their own hands. Three men who had been drinking at a Bellingham tavern decided to go to the nearby comic book store. The owner threw them off because they were intoxicated. They returned a few moments later, and they dropped their drawers, mooned the store owner, and pressed their bare buttocks up against the storefront glass, breaking it. You show them, Steve Dave. Then they take off running. 
Well, two friends of the comic book store owner who were inside at the time started chasing them with a baseball bat. Eventually, they caught up with the Mooning Man and beat the Mooning Man. Excellent. Uh, one has a broken orbital. The other has a serious skull fracture and in critical condition. The, the bat swingers who attacked the man faced charges of first-degree assault. Maybe you shouldn't show your buttocks to people who haven't asked to see them. Mm-hmm. Stocks skyrocketed on Wall Street this afternoon as the Dow Jones Industrial went up more than 900 points at the closing bell. LL Cool J is no longer rocking with Janet Jackson on her Rock With You tour. The rapper pulled out of the opening act for the pop diva due to unspecified scheduling conflicts. No word yet on uh, who will be taking his place. This isn't the first bump in the road for Janet Jackson. Beginning in September, she canceled nine due to migraine vertigo. Is that a real thing? I don't know. I thought that was just an arrested development uh, Hmm. ailment or whatever. She's performing tonight in Michigan before heading to New York. She's also expected to extend the tour to make up for lost concerts. There are more rats in Britain than people. According to the Telegraph, estimates put the number of rats in Britain to 80 million, while the human population is 60 million. Floods, mild winters, and excess food waste are being pointed to the reason. Some saying it's become an epidemic. The city of York is the hardest hit with the rodent population, spiked at more than 200% over last year. Uh, Westminster is the only city to see a drop. Pest control services report a 17% increase in calls to eradicate rats. What do you find more unnerving, rats or spiders? Hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, rats, I would say. What about uh, rats or snakes? Rats. Okay. Sarah, rats, spiders, or snakes? Scariest. Spiders. Yeah, me too. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Do we have any sort of countdown today? Well, I don't know. We could do the top five, I, We got, but it's got like seven tracks on it, so I don't know that we'll have time today. All right, then we'll so do it tomorrow. We can uh, proceed with the news, though. The new Queen plus Paul Rogers album is now available as the Cosmos Rocks hit these stores today. Interest in developing a studio album came after Rogers teamed up with the Queen guitarist Brian May and drummer Roger Taylor to work at a fundraising single, Say It's Not True. While Queen and Paul Rogers have performed and issued a live material, the Cosmos Rocks is the first studio effort from the group. It's also been a while since fans have seen new studio material from any of the players. It's been seven years since Rogers first issued a release, while the last Queen album was Made in Heaven that came out in November 1995. The disc features Queen's last material with original frontman Freddie Mercury and was released four years after the singer's death. By the way, I would like to encourage everybody now to not... If you buy records like that, it just encourages them. So, you know, just go, go buy another version. You know, go buy a night at the opera again or something. Just spend your money more wisely. Time for a penis watch. Here's your penis watch for, and really, believe it or not, we had a penis watch today. We had a double snuff watch. And it really is indicative of just the general tenor of society, like for the last few weeks out of this show today, that neither the penis watch nor the double snuff watch is likely to be even in, like, the top ten disturbing things that we've had or discussed on this program. Today. Take Jesus. a look at my enormous oh. My troubles start to melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. A Newburgh firefighter became an ad hoc surgeon called upon to use a pneumatic saw to cut a piece of steel pipe off a 73 year old man's penis. Firefighters were dispatched to the campus of St. Luke's Cornwall Hospital, this is in England, uh, for a public service call. Hospital personnel asked him for tools to cut off a ring. The fire department had a ring cutter used to clip uh, wedding bands from swollen fingers, but firefighters learned 
That wouldn't be enough this time. The pipe was an inch long, an inch in diameter, and made a quarter inch thick of steel. Authorities say the pipe apparently an erotic aid. An inch in diameter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was I thought a... you were going to be the okay sign. I'm like, what no. are you doing? Wait, what is diameter? Uh, circular? Like that? No, that's circumference. What is diameter? Long? Is that a cross? I no, r- a radius is across, I think. I thought radius was half of the way across. No, your radius I'm trying to figure out if this man feels any additional shame. No, because diameter would be, yeah, would be an inch. So it would be across. Hmm. Okay. Well, medical personnel weren't able to perform typical medical procedures such as forcing the blood, a wizard saw for the job. A wizard saw? Is it really called that? Yes, it is. It's an automotive tool powered with uh, air bottles added on to by emergency responders who frequently deal with car crashes. Firefighters use it more commonly to saw off mufflers. A wizard saw? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Hospital staff prepared the man who's identified <laughs> for his own privacy. By wrapping the skin and sliding a lubricated tongue depressor. Oh, 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 everybody cross their legs. Oh, no, Between the pipe no, and the man's penis to protect him. No. The doctor, nurses, and a paramedic gathered in the emergency room was a firefighter. One of the point new, and laugh. Prepared to begin the operation. Right. Just don't cut it off. <laughs> the, the, the owner of the penis reportedly asked. The owner of the penis. For more than 90 minutes, the firefighters uh, saw bit by bit into the pipe. Causing a, uh, they paused occasionally to uh, cool the saw. The time duration was critical. Hospital staff worried the man could lose that penis if blood circulation was cut off for too long. The wizard saw emptied the first bottle of air, and then the second, finally, up to five bottles. The saw clipped through the final bit of pipe and were able to free the man's penis. It was apparently unharmed by the operation, although the assistant... Uh, Chief uh, couldn't be pressed for more that's, details. That's a lot of trauma right there. It is. You you will never... I mean, they, they must have put the guy uh, asleep. He must have been unconscious. They must have put him under. Well, he asked... No, I, apparently, he asked for it not to be uh, cut off. But, but I'm saying... Conscious. But maybe I'm, before. But they're using a saw on him on near his member. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that you would just sit there and be taking that calmly. And a lot of people don't even like a to have their... tea. A lot of people don't even like to have their teeth cleaned if they're awake. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Well, he is British. All right, that's your penis watch. That's your penis watch. Take a look at my enormous penis. Look at all these people we're calling about. And my troubles start to melt away. Maybe more spiders. Take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going Here's Tim Riley. Don't hit the road for a big concert tour with a new lead singer. That's the advice of BBC says promoter Harvey Goldsmith is offering to members of the legendary rock band Led Zeppelin. He promoted the British rockers during the 1970s and 80s, also for their reunion concert December 2007 in London, their first show in 19 years. After lead singer Robert Plant said last month he wasn't interested in touring with his former bandmates, he apparently started auditioning some other singers. Goldsmith called the possible Zeppelin tour a lot of talk and wishful thinking, adding the other band members may be planning a tour under a different name. Really? So it would just be Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones and Jason Bonham and like some guy? Yes. You know, Paul Rogers. All right, well, whatever. Uh, you know, the, here's the thing. As much as I was hoping that Robert Plant would get together with those guys and they would tour as Led Zeppelin, in a way, I'm glad that they're not because I would be obliged to try. I mean, Because I would just have no choice. I would have to spend whatever it took to try to get tickets. I mean, if they told me tickets were $1,000, I'd have to get $1,000 to spend on the tickets. I would have no choice. I mean, it would just, I, I would have to. And so, you know, I mean, it would be like for a lot of people, like if the Smiths got back together, you know. 
Or if Pink Floyd toured again, if Roger Waters and everybody, you know, rejoined and toured as Floyd, although I guess you can now, but, uh, you know, because what's-his-name just died. But, you know, like if the Smiths got back together, and if Johnny Marr and, and Morrissey patched things up, and they said, look, we're going to tour one time only, tickets are a 1000 bucks, take it or leave it, everybody oh. would take it. Everybody would fork over $1,000 for that, just as I would have for Zeppelin. So I'm glad that I'm not going to have to be put in that position. All right, here's Tim Riley. Authorities in southwest Missouri say a TV remote control probably triggered an explosion that destroyed a Christian county home. What was that? Uh, no, I'm just... Oh, look, I'm trying to figure out where we are on the oh. clock. The only person in the home at the time, 66-year-old Cindy Curry, was blown outside uh, by the blast. And uh, she only had minor injuries. Firefighters say it's amazing she survived it all. Neighbors said they heard a huge boom when the blast occurred about quarter to seven in the morning. Curry's husband, Jerry, said he smelled propane gas in the 10-year-old house uh, late Monday. But the smell was gone Tuesday morning, so he went to have breakfast with friends. His wife then turned on the TV, and Billings Fire Chief Henry Bosk says it appears the remote control ignited the propane and blew up the house. <laughs> Is that the button right next to mute? I suppose so. Yeah. Incinerate. Where's the button for homeless? Uh, let's see. Oh, by the way, this guy says about the penis watch. If it was an inch in diameter and a quarter of an inch thick, that means the inner area, which was around his member... He's only half an inch across, as though he wasn't embarrassed. Enough. Oh, and they already said that it was swollen, too. Oh, okay. So as we speak right now, the Hawthorne Bridge is still closed. It was closed at 9 o'clock this morning due oh, to a God. severed steel cable. Wait, so the Hawthorne Bridge, so that means in addition to the fear that the bridge is going to mm -hmm. collapse and that meth users are dissembling all of our public works like mm -hmm. so many ants... But nobody's admitting that. Traffic is going to be screwed now, One too. One of the main bridges. Well, now them. they're trying to reopen it for rush hour, but we still haven't heard yet. Oh, I'm just going to have to ride down to the steel, I guess. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. You're a fancy bike rider. Yeah, that's right. Whatever. So this was spotted during an unrelated repair over the weekend. It is one of four similar cables, and the other three are okay. Wait a minute. So this was spotted over the weekend while they were working on something else? Yeah. That means, Someday. if it is true, which we suspect it is, the meth guys were just uh, clambering up under the bridge and cutting things off to sell for drug money. Mm -hmm. That means they were able to get up there and sever that cable, and it went unnoticed for God knows how long, maybe weeks, until they went up to fix something else and noticed it. Mm -hmm. So that means that it is possible to have severed bridge cables on the Hawthorne Bridge for some period of time before anybody notices that. Oh, my God, I get stuck on there all the time, too, for oh like bridge lifts and stuff. All right, let's all think about that. Everybody stop and think. There'll be a moment of silence to think about the severed bridge cable. We're all still afraid. Okay. All right. Well, bad news. Home prices tumbled by the sharpest annual rate ever in August with a little indication of a turnaround in sight. The Standard & Poor 20-City Housing Index dropped a record 16.6% for August last year, the largest drop since its inception in 2000. Uh, the downturn of residential real estate prices continued with very few bright spots. Prices in the 27 index have plummeted more than 20% since peaking in July 2006. The 10-City Index has fallen 22% since its peak in June 2006 also. However, the pace of monthly declines did moderate a little bit in July, and Boston and Cleveland showed monthly gains. Who cares about Cleveland? I was just going to say, thank God for Cleveland, Tim. Thank God for Cleveland. You lose Cleveland, you lose America. Mm -hmm. Well, that's too bad. Home prices aren't likely to improve in September either, as other key housing indicators have shown the housing slump is in full swing. So enjoy it. <laughs> On that note... 
Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, a ray of black sunshine for your day. All right, back at 4, 5, 6, and 7, top of the hour all the way through. Like, as we come back, we'll do calls and uh, the Rick Emerson exit poll to determine how you are voting for president of these United States. All right, back after this. It is the Rick Emerson radio program, for the love of God. Say that. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. In just a moment, we'll do the uh, Rick Emerson presidential exit poll thing. I'm sorry, I'm just distracted by this. Rick. Thing. Thing. Uh, Rick, Stephen King's Needful Things has the same effect on me as Heart-Shaped Box had on Sarah. It's the only book I've ever read that I wished I hadn't. Uh, truly disturbing. That's right, Vicky. Needful Things is pretty messed up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when you, I, I want you to read that book so when you get to the part that... And I'll know it, right? You... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that says it all. Uh, all right. Rick, about the spider in the pants. I'm not even going to read it. Maybe I'll read it tomorrow. It'd be one joke too many on a day full of uh, penis jokes. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, Rick, I was uh, listening to the guy from, I think, TriMet or whatever, call and say that they had to let dogs on no matter what. Mm-hmm. He's wrong. The... When I lived in Oregon and Washington, actually, my fiancé raised guide dogs for the blind. And the rules, well, they definitely don't apply to, like, the basic companion dog that, you know, like the therapy dogs and things like that, where people got a doctor's note so they can bring their ugly shit to or whatever on. Right. Um, most of the dogs that are allowed on transportation have identification on their collars. Well, that was my thing is, that, you know, I guess we'll be revisiting this tomorrow, but there's, you know, there's these two dogs that got into it on the bus, and there was... My whole thing is you see those dogs that have the little green vests on or whatever. But Those are actually guide dogs in training normally if they have the green well, vests on. The guy sounded like he knew what he was talking about. So I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to kind of say that the guy was was telling, you know, was telling a fib or whatever. Because uh, he did he did seem to have he had the air of authority when he spoke as though he had been told that directly by somebody. But I guess it's a question of what the actual law is written as. So Well, I mean, we raised guide dogs I think for 8 years and actually a good person for you to call or a good place for you to call um, a guide dogs for the blind school is actually in Boreen, Oregon. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, look, at, we'll look into it because undoubtedly the story is going to unfold over the next couple of days. All right. Thank you. That's Sean. Thank you, Sean. All right. Uh, I'm assuming these are exit poll people. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Now is the time on the Rick Emerson Show when we begin our... Presidential election exit poll. Uh, if you have voted in this year's presidential election, uh, whether you live in Oregon or whether you live somewhere else, because a lot of uh, states have started the voting, I mean, some of them several weeks ago. So we are not going to find out for whom you voted. All right, we're going to make the two columns here and whatever. All right, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. We're just going to take these calls randomly. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. The exit poll, for whom did you vote? Republican voting uh, Obama. All right. What is that called, Sarah? There was a name for those. Um, Obamacans. Obamacans. Obamacan. I love it. Thanks. Right. Thank you. All right. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show exit poll. For whom did you vote? Uh, we're going with Obama. And if Rick Emerson says don't look at it, don't look at it. That's what I'm saying. All right. Or in this <laughs> case, right, thank you, sir. In this case, by the way, for now, on, Autumn. If Autumn tells me don't look at it or says something like this will haunt you forever, 
I'm going to listen. Yeah, Haunt You Forever is a pretty specific thing. I, I think I'm going to listen to that from now on. Jesus. I wish I could unsee it. Yeah, I, I really wish I could. I wish I could open the Windows Explorer that is my brain and go through and delete that folder. Yeah, it's completely, seriously. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show exit poll. For whom did you vote? Bob Barr. Really? Yeah. Okay, great. Thank hey. you. Yeah. Wait, wait, quick question. Did you name your dog after uh, Philo from uh, UHF, the scientist alien guy? No, but they were both named after Philo Farnsworth, who invented the television. Ah, damn it. Hi. Right. Thank, Thank you. you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show exit poll. For whom did you vote? Uh, Republican, but I went with Ron Paul. Um, right. Actually, is Republican. And one more thing. How come you never hear about dogs breeding on buses, but you hear about them killing each other? Yeah, okay. Thanks. Hi. Uh, oh, no, now my music is. Hi, Rick Emerson Show exit poll. For whom did you vote? Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show exit poll. For whom did you vote? Obama. All right, Obama. Uh, it's 503 Rick Emerson Show exit poll. For whom did you vote? Ken Riley for president. Oh, all right. If wishing made it so, <laughs> sir. Hi, you're. Hi, you're. Okay. Hi, you're on the Rick Everson show. Hello. For whom did you vote? Uh, McCain. All right, McCain. Thank you. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Uh, for whom did you vote? That one. Okay. Uh, we'll do three more. Uh, I'm sorry, I just hung up on somebody. Hi, Rick Emerson show exit poll. For whom did you vote? Uh, Obama. All right. Thank you. Two more. Uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Rick. Well, with people, man. I think Seriously. it might be your fingers. An area man with something wrong with my fingers. Look at them. <laughs> Rick. Right. We're just going to. Now, see, why do you got to do that? Why do you got to hate? All right. Well, uh, I think we may. Well, how long we got? We had like 20 seconds. Nah, There's no like, time, no time like to do it. All right. So there's no time to be fair to another caller here. So we're going to draw down the uh, curtain on that now. So it, 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 So we should uh, know this. Turn out. Um, it, actually, if you look at Obama or not Obama. Obama is only ahead by one. We had five for Obama, two for McCain, one for Ron Paul, and uh, one for Bob Barr, the Libertarian candidate. So, you know, so it, it continues to, it can even here in, in Portland, it continues to not be a lock uh, for Obama. All right. Well, I think it's neat to do it on the radio, too, because it's faceless, so people totally. can be honest. I think people can say whatever it is that, yeah, what, what it, you can admit to voting for a Libertarian, you know? I mean, if that's, that's really how you want to spend your vote. Uh, and we're done. All right, we're going to thank radio correspondents Lisa Desjardins, Steve Kastenbaum, James Roop, and Nina Parker from TMZ.com. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com uh, and Peter Carlin from The Oregonian. Like us next, Michael Merrish Show at 7. Don't forget our uh, political party happens next Tuesday, the 4th at 7 p.m. at Grand Central Bowl. Go to 970.am for details. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970. The talker of the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones. It's Richie Bristol. The gatekeeper, Dave's in. The webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. And, uh, of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan. Don't F with me, Reynolds. As always, thank you for listening. Watch out for, you know. And we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Bye now.